from Chronic to Collapse. Town and into now, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking? REM Remy? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things REM. This is good rock and roll uh, music. You remembered the whole thing. I've said it, what, 50 times at this point? 53 times? Plus all the practicing, of course, I do in the shower. Yeah. See, I think, I I think, and this is just me. Sure. I think it's because of the practicing in, in the shower. <laughs> I mean, I've said it thousands, if not millions of thousands. What would that be? Hundreds of thousands? <laughs> in When you're in the shower, mm-hmm. Scott, and you're practicing. Yes. Do you say it to your penis? Yeah. I usually, uh, I'm getting a. A, like a crick in my neck from it, by the way, yeah. just having to look up that high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Christ. show. <laughs> welcome. Welcome back. Boy, we haven't done an episode in uh, quite a bit. Welcome, Adam. Yeah, it's been a minute. It has been. It's been a... How many minutes has it been? Well, I've been counting them down uh, for, for at every 60 seconds since we, the completion of our last episode. I'll right. say, it's been one. <laughs> So, it's been two. How does Kulop feel about this? She hates me. Yeah. We are uh, officially split up. It's been 900,942. 965,003 million minutes. Every minute. Every minute, yeah. Um, did you see that Rent Live, Adam? Wait uh, a minute. Who am I talking to? Someone with no culture. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. if a live musical on I, Fox is the, I have the epitome no of culture. culture. No, I did not. You did not. You a fan of uh, any musical? Sure. Not name them. I guess not that one list, because I didn't see it. List them in order of uh, your. I yes. Really liked uh, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, sure. Book of what is there a Book? problem with how I said Book of Mormon? <laughs> You're talking to me like I'm an idiot. First Book of all, of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, and then I was a big fan. You know, when I was a small child, I was- Story time! Was this when you were a candy boy? I was brought to- (laughs) Oh, candy boy! I was brought to see- If you haven't heard the story of Adam becoming a candy boy, please listen to our last episode. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. It was a job. and I. It was a job you're very proud of. I did it very well. (laughs) Uh- I Have went you saw done Brigadoon as a, Brigadoon. As a child, yeah, and that, I did not care for it. That is the mystical story of a town in Scotland, I believe, yeah. that appears and disappears every I 14 years? Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that? It's It was super boring. But I was a little kid. I didn't want You were a little kid, Brigadoon. and you did not like it. I don't know if I've told this story, but when I went to uh, New York City, mm-hmm. uh, you know New York City, right? Yeah, it's— The uh, big appell— the big appell. The big windy. The big windy apple. Right, right. The windy. The windiest the, the windy, of apples. The windy apple city. Uh, <clears throat> when I was twelve years old, my parents gave me a choice and said, "We're going to go see a Broadway show, mm-hmm. and we'll let you decide it." Yeah. You can either go see Merlin, which <laughs> was a musical about the wizard Merlin, starring Doug Henning, the magician. Oh. And a young Christian Slater as a twelve-year-old boy. I found out later. <laughs> Or you can see this new musical that people say is okay, but it's about a bunch of cats. And I said, Merlin, of course. (laughs) And Merlin has not stood the test of time. 
but Katz has. I don't know. We'll look for it this Christmas. Will you? Will you make this promise to me? Will it's you? It's playing down the street right now. Will I know down at the uh, Schubert? Will you? Uh, sorry, I have a bit of a cough. Will you do me the Schubert? The Schubert. I said, what if I start crying just at the mention of the Schubert? The Schubert. What happened at the or Schubert? Or Schubert. Um, will you do me a favor and promise me that on Christmas Day? You and I will go see the new Cats movie together. Absolutely, Scott. Thank you. My son and my daughter and my wife will stay at home. Gonna have to wait. (laughs) Guys, I'm going to see Cats with Scott. You know, cats uh, spelled backwards is stack. Oh, that's and crazy. That's what we're going to bring with us. Crazy. Just stacks of cash. I'm miming, peeling it off, but it sounds like I'm oh, just applauding yeah. my own. Sorry, is this an episode of That's Crazy? I think it is. Welcome to That's Crazy. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking about things that are crazy. Oh. We're, try, we're trying to ascertain things that are crazy. Is this crazy? Is that crazy? I don't know. Now, you just said something in the previous show, Scott, that was so crazy. Yeah, what was it? I don't even remember. I don't remember. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Good app. Yeah, that was a good app. That's a solid show. That is a really, really, really good show. That's like, you know, how when you see the primetime lineup oh, in, in yeah. fall TV and oh, you're like, God. Eh, I'm sort of interested in this. I'm not interested in this. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's one that you're like appointment television. Bullseye. You know what I love, Scott? I love when September rolls around. The leaves mm. are changing. Oh, I love those leaves changing. Oh, they turn colors. And you get that new TV guide in the mail with oh. the fall preview. Candy boy, your your TV guide is here. That's what the mailman said every single time the fall preview came. Got to see what J.R. Ewing was going to be up J. to. J.R. Ewing. No, J. no, it's just sound like you got emotional. J.R. Ewing. Oh, Larry Hagman is dead. They don't they don't update us on J.R. Ewing anymore in fall preview issues. They don't, although from what I understand, Dallas is still on the air. One of my relatives was telling me about it or oh, something like that. I don't know. Okay. Is this an episode of Oh, I Don't Know? I believe it is. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Oh, I Don't Know. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're trying to figure out if Adam knows something. Okay. okay now, I'm just going to throw out some things. Sure, anything. And if at ever there's a point where you don't know, yeah. you just shout it out. Oh, I don't know. I'll just And say that's it. when the show ends. Okay. Okay. You, you shout it. Say it. We don't. I'm not going to shout it. Just we don't because have to we're split. indoors. You have never shouted and indoors? And this microphone's very bassy. You've never shouted indoors? No, 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 no. Not even at your children? No, 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 the, no, no, no. The people that it's okay to no, shout no. at? Oh, well, at my children, yeah, I scream at them. <laughs> indoors, outdoors. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's when just... When they're sleeping. <laughs> that's right just nor- normal Adam behavior. <laughs> <laughs> when we see daddy, we know he's going to be Go shouting. To sleep. <laughs> Go to fucking sleep. Remember that? Go to fucking sleep. Oh, uh, yeah. Sam Jackson. Oh, yeah. Go to fucking sleep. All right. Here we go. Is that- Do you know something? Is- Do you know it? This was a test. Okay. Oh. I said go to, go, remember go to fucking sleep? New question. New question. Okay. So you know that. What about the Thunderbirds? Oh. Um, I don't know. That's our show. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
That one ended a little sooner than I expected. I yeah. think I should have thrown out something did, a little more common knowledge. Before. Did you mean the band, the Thunderbirds? I did not. I meant the puppet show. The, uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, marionette yeah, yeah. puppet sure, show. Sure, yes. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, well, that's what happens on Oh, You Don't Know. You never know if Adam's not going to know. No, it's called Oh, I Don't Know. What did I call it? You called it Oh, You Don't Know, which is a different That's program. a different show. Is this yeah. an episode of Oh, You Don't Know? I think it is. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Oh, You Don't Know. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're talking about things that you out there in podcast land don't know. That's right. Adam and I are going to list things. And if at any point you don't know what something is, shout out to your uh, iPod, iPad, I don't know anymore. Your car. Because a lot of shout people at listen your car. Yeah, car. shout at your car, no matter if you're listening to it in your car or not. We will hear you. We will hear and we will stop the show. Yeah. Find right. your car and yell at it. <laughs> if you're at work, rush outside to the parking lot, yell at your car. If you're at the gym... Run outside and yell at you. If you're not too tired. Yeah. Spending time on that elliptical. All right. We're going to list things. Do you want to start us off? No, you go first. Okay. Borat. Buttons on your shirt. Whiskers on kittens. Kind bars. A stovepipe hat. A blank sheet of paper. <laughs> A mailman. Oh, you don't know. Yeah, someone didn't know. All right, that's our show. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Good up. Yeah. Who doesn't know what a mailman is? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell who it was. Stamps.com, though, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I don't think they're advertising with us, but uh, if you They sure aren't. (laughs) Uh, Stamps.com. Stamps.com. We love them. Uh, Hope you will advertise with us because we just shouted you out for- Quite a quite a long time. And you know what? Even if you don't, you should use stamps.com. Look, incredible- they're not advertising with us, but let me tell you, are you tired of taking trips to the post office? Yeah. So am I. I it, go every day. How it's often like do you, how often the do you go? Post office in your butt. <laughs> like stamps.com. It's that handy. It's like having the post office <laughs> in your butt. New tagline. They better use it or I'm going to sue them. <laughs> sue their butts. Yeah, I'm going to sue their butts off and put a stamps.com in them. Adam, what have you been up to? Oh, boy. What have you been up to? Last episode we did was right before Christmas. We talked about the Christmas Ooh. fan club singles. Ooh. Did you get a, a visit from a jolly old St. Nick? Oh, I love Christmas. Anyone who knows me knows I love Christmas. You do. You love uh, December the 24th. Fifth. Fifth? Uh, I'm not. You might want to check someone, my math someone on this. Needs to, someone needs to look this up. I think it's the 25th. Could be wrong. I think you might be right, though. I know it's, it's approximately 25th. 55 days after Halloween. Yeah, no. Which is my favorite holiday. It's 50, 55 or 56 days after Halloween. Halloween is October 30th, 13th? No, or? I think you're dyslexic. Oh, it's 15. Rebacta 31st. Got it. 
I love <laughs> Halloween too, but I gotta say, if I had to choose, like if I really, really had to, like, say, gun, gun to the head, gun to the head, like here's some uh, some crazy uh, some crazy yeah. weirdo breaks into uh, your house, uh, right? And he's got he's got just oh, like Second Amendment. Oh, he has just got oh, a Glock, a Glock, in. just right to the back of your head. Christmas or Halloween? Christmas or Halloween? Favorite holiday? Christmas or Halloween? Christmas? No Halloween. <laughs> uh, why did you do that as your ghost as you float why what is your end game we what? just we just showed the kids holy grail and oh yes that moment yeah on the bridge yeah yeah i was wondering i knew you stole that from someone yep um yeah christmas time presents Christmas trees. Yeah. Um, presents and Christmas trees. Getting a Christmas tree as a present. Yeah. That is the best I present on Christmas. I love opening up Oh that my big gosh, what box. is this seven foot tall box? <laughs> this must be something extraordinary. <laughs> oh, it's a. Oh. It's another Christmas tree. It's another Christmas tree. Oh, oh, wow. How did it fit under this Christmas there, tree? There's one right here. Like right here, there's one. And now another one another in one. this box. Wow. Twins, hmm. right? And twins. And twins. That's if you got one Christmas tree. Hey, double your pleasure, double your fun. Am I right, my man? Hey, why not? <laughs> why not? That's what I always say. Why not? Why not? Why not, bro? So, Christmas. Is this an episode of Why Not, bro? I think it might be. Hey, everyone. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And welcome to Why Not, Bro. This is the show where we throw out things and we see if Adam will do them or not. Yep. All right, so if I'll why not bro him? Yeah. Hey, uh, can I stick my finger up your butt? Why not, bro? That's why. <laughs> See you next time. Is <laughs> that an episode of That's Why? <laughs> I think that show changed titles a lot like Valerie's Family. I think you're right. Into That's Why. I think you're right. From, from <laughs> why not, bro? From Valerie's Family to the, no, no, no. It started off as uh, the Hogans. No, no, no. It ended as the Hogans. It ended as the Hogans. It started out as Valerie. Valerie. Then Valerie's Family. Valerie's Family. Because Valerie died. And then, then the Hogans. Then the Hogans. <laughs> and Bateman, like, directed it. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan was not uh, in the mix on that. And he's a huge star after uh, Rocky Three, right? That's crazy that Crazy Hulk that Hulk Hogan is not in the mix. I remember watching Entertainment Tonight and seeing that they're like, Jason Bateman is the youngest person to ever be in the Director's Guild to direct an episode of How the old Hogan's. was he? Was 42, 43. <laughs> that's, that's young to be in the DGA. Oh, man. You, usually you're much older than that. He directed an episode. That's crazy. Yeah, were he you, was like 12 or Were something. you jealous? Because you were probably like oh, seven or eight at the like, time. That's what I'm, I'm going to go direct the Hogan's. <laughs> <laughs> what if, because you've directed some things, right? Yeah. And you know what? Dreams do come true. Here I am in Hollywood. Holly Weird, <laughs> and I know Jason Bateman. I know that guy. You know that guy, and you could direct the Hogans if you wanted to. Yeah, shit, shit. You know what? 
Let's do it. Let's do Let's it. Let's reboot the Hogan. Let's reboot the Hogan, starring us, directed by us, yep. written by us, certainly produced by us, of course. Why not, bro? That's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh boy. <laughs> So we're last time we talked was the winter time and spring has certainly yeah. sprung. You, oh, it you sure cannot has. disagree with that. It's gorgeous out. It is gorgeous here in LA. You know what? Today, I gotta say, there was a bit of a drizzle out today. Yep. Mm, God's peeing on our heads. You know, there's a rumor that uh, there is hail in Los Angeles today. Did you hear today? Her? I heard about I, I saw some snow in it uh, today. No, is this is <laughs> this is an episode of today? <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to today. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And this is where I throw out current events, current-ish events, and Adam asks whether it happened today or not. <laughs> hey, Adam. Yeah. Did you hear that uh, Donald Trump uh, tweeted about Kellyanne Conway's wife? Today? Yeah. Oh, Cool. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> ah, not sure if that uh, one has legs. Not sure. I, you know what? We'll find out. <laughs> we will find out. If the fans call for it, yep. we'll stop doing this show and just do today. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's essentially the same title. <laughs> <laughs> As the Today Show, except yeah, there's with a, a question, question mark. mark. <laughs> today show? Today? <laughs> today? You think we'll run into trouble with like Hoda Kotb or anyone like that? Hey, uh, you're infringing on our man, I trademark. Hope, I hope not. They're they're really they're they're good wonderful. People, yeah. Wonderful. Um, I miss you. I want to see you more. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? I got to see you recently. Yes, uh, we hung out at a secret, a undisclosed location. Yep. That was fun, but it re just reminded me that I I I want to see you uh, every day. Is that weird to say? No, every day. Can I can I t tell you some, something just mm -hmm. reminded me of this uh and it's it's a, a moment in my career when I thought uh-oh. And it was when I went and I was on the Today Show. Okay, and this is an uh oh moment for you. This was uh oh, and I'll tell you why. Because I was on the Today Show promoting Hot Tub Time Machine Two, mm -hmm. number right? two, of course. And I was in New York because I. Why don't you know when they make a sequel and they call it Two? That's the number of poop. I know. You know what I mean? Why do they do that? Why not just call it uh, the second? This that rhymes with feckend. Oh, and feckend. When you're sliding yeah, into second, yeah. and you yeah. pants begin to feckend. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't they call it like semen? Right. You know, hot tub time machine semen. Because <laughs> that's cool. Um, so, so you're on the Today Show. So i I was I was there because I wanted to do Letterman because I knew he was gonna retire soon, and so this was a a reason to I never be got promoting on that, something. Never got on that show right. or any other show. Continue. <laughs> so then it was like, you want to do the Today Show? Sure. Not, I, I wasn't against it, but I also wasn't like You're using super it as enthusiastic a to get out there and promote Hot Tub Time Machine. Using it as a trip to New York to get on Letterman. Yes. 
um, because I thought this might be my last chance. So I go and do the Today, <laughs> the Today Show, and they're like, okay, uh, and it's live. So you get there, and they're talking and stuff, and then it's commercial break. They're like, uh, Adam, come on over here, and we step up and get in here, and they had a hot tub on the Ooh. set, and Al Roker, um, I forget who else, but they were That's all, enough for me. They, they were all in the hot tub with me. In clothes? Yeah, and they just like, I think they shot like dry, dry ice, ice so it looks smoke like, yeah, into yeah. it, and we're all sitting in the hot tub, and uh, and they're like, okay. I was like, whoa, what's going on? They're like, three, two, <laughs> one, we're live or whatever, and we they start interviewing me about oh, this movie, and no. that's when I was like, <laughs> that is yeah. a total. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. That's don't they have to confer with anyone regarding that idea? I don't. I don't know. I don't don't. But know. if it, it's good enough for Al Roker, why isn't it good enough Listen, for Adam Scott? Why not? You know, why not? Why not? <laughs> That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> will you have any plans for uh Obviously, Easter's coming up. Um, Valentine's Day is in the rear view. Did you do anything fun for for Valentine's Day? Valentine's what Day. What do you do? You, you're a man with two kids. Oh, yeah. We, what did we do? We smooched? <laughs> did you play a little bit of kissy face? Uh, what did we do? I'm too, while I try and remember, what did you guys do with for uh, the old V-Day? I'll tell you exactly what we did. We went to um, a, a Japanese spa. Yeah. That is here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, now, we had just gotten back from Japan, by the way, over the Christmas break, yeah. where I uh, loved it and also, and loved it and uh, by – we were there 10 days. Wait, by where? Japan. Tokyo, yeah. Tokyo and uh, Kyoto. Yeah. I loved it and we were there 10 days. And by day eight, I was – Fairly tired of Japanese food for every meal. Okay. 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 But good <laughs> Instagram photos from this. Thank you. Yes. Uh, some of my best. Wonderful country. Really enjoyed it. Um, had to get a burger on day nine yeah. at uh, uh, Shake Shack. They had a Shake Shack over there? Fuck yeah, bro. Oh, why not, bro? That's, That's why. why. <laughs> um, so, but for, but we had gotten these reservations. Months in advance because it's very hard to get into this yeah. place. Kulop made these reservations for a uh, for a Japanese spa here in L.A., which is a lot like a uh, Royukan, which is where we stayed in uh, Japan, which is a traditional uh, Japanese spot where you know you're sitting on the floor and you know all this and, kind. And of it stuff. was also a hotel, like you stayed there. No, we didn't stay there. We got uh, you know couples massages. We oh, cool. ate. They brought in sugar fish and stuff oh, like that. Rad. But um, it was interesting because we got the reservation way before we planned to go to Japan because yeah. we went to Japan relatively last minute. And so it felt like, you know, just a month later, <laughs> we were like doing the same kind of stuff. But, yeah. it was, but it was really fun. And is that – is it like a really awesome place? Like it takes a while to get – like you need yes. to make a reservation. because they only have five rooms or whatever oh. and it takes – like it's an all-night thing. You, you get there at seven. And go do it, bro. We'll give you the uh, – you know, you, you and I should just do it together. Yeah, let's go. Let's go right now. Let's go right now. Kick out whoever is in one of those rooms. Get the fuck out. Kick them in their butthole. 
Get out, butthole. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> okay, what if you were getting a couple's massage with yeah. your wife or husband, <laughs> and suddenly the door swings open yeah. and it's Adam Scott from Ghosted, and nothing since. Yeah. And he's and he says, "Get out, butthole." <laughs> Would you get out? Would you get out? That's. Would you pull a Jordan uh, Peele the, and get out? The eternal question. <laughs> would, would you, you get, get out? out? Um, I remember what we did. We did a little staycation in town. Nice. And we, in a different part of town. Did you go to a hotel? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's I, the hotel shall re- remain nameless, but it's yeah, very like. But there's six of them at least. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? The Motel Six. Oh yeah, the Motel Six <laughs> shall remain. This this, this hotel uh, people tend to stay there on holidays. Yeah. If that gives you any indication, and they tend to stay on holidays in in the, the hotel, hotel, of course. But we were eating dinner there, and we we were eating, and I was talking to Naomi, and out of the corner of my eye, I looked and I saw a mouse. Um, wow, walking around, and it was. These, to be fair, it was like walking. Did it have a top hat on? (laughs) Yeah, it essentially was like sitting there with a menu and uh, smoking a cigarette. (laughs) It was so psyched with like like a table made of a of a cork from a wine bottle. There is not a better place to be if you're a mouse than a (laughs) fucking restaurant, dude. That's where you want to be. They made a whole movie about Ratatouille about it. Yeah. Did you alert anyone to it, or did you you like mouse? Go ahead and be on your way. That's nice of you. I didn't. I'll tell you two stories about uh, about that. On our honeymoon, cool, cool, yeah, sorry. Okay. On our honeymoon, Kulop and I, we get to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kauai. The, the islands? Yeah, uh, Kauai. Oh, Kauai's the best. Wonderful place to spend a honeymoon. Love it. Get there. It's, you know, tr- travel. We get there at uh, at night. Did you go up to Hanalei? And No. Stop asking Sorry. Questions. Sorry. And uh, we get, we, 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 the hotel has this beautiful- Did you pick your nose? <sighs> yeah. Cool. And my friend's nose. They say you can't do it, <laughs> but um, we we get there and it's it's this wonderful restaurant that has like all these streams and it's on the water and everything. And we 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 get our food and suddenly a rat jumps out of the oh, <laughs> out of the water and dies right next to our table. What? <laughs> and then we're like, "Excuse me, there's a rat that just died right next to us." And the 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 person working there maybe doesn't know what to do, sweeps it back into the water, like the water of their hotel pond or whatever. Whoa. We're like, you probably shouldn't do that. And then they, the person told whomever was in charge, and they're like, that's unsanitary. We got to fish it out. So then they're fishing a dead Ew. rat out in front of our, uh, our, in front of our meal. Um, that's paradise. But, you know, if you call something good luck, like you'd go, I bet that's good luck. Yeah. Anything can be good luck if you call it that. I'm curious, though. It What's the second story? It launched itself <laughs> out of the water and passed away right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, that, Isn't like that crazy? jumped through jumped, the air? Yeah, through the air. Like Do you a think it fish. was like uh, a predator was was rejecting it? Maybe, yeah, it could be. Maybe it was dead already and, and a shark so spit. You, Is that what you're thinking? Or a whale? A, probably a blue whale. <laughs> it sounds like blue whale. Orca, behavior. maybe. Or a beaver. Could be, yeah. A Hawaiian beaver. Could have been a beaver, yeah. Wouldn't be the last beaver I saw on that trip, if you know <laughs> I what I mean. I was trying to figure out. Um, <clears throat> so my second story is my mom. I oh, just yeah. Here we go. I just saw my mom, 
Uh, and she told me what she did over the holiday, <clears throat> which was she went to a white elephant uh, uh, gift exchange. Mm-hmm. And she, she uh, uh, the long and short of it is she kept getting like a good gift and someone would take it from her and and – then she ended up getting a, fl- a vase, like a very cheap vase that you get when flowers are delivered to you. Yeah. And uh, she looked inside it and there was a dead mouse. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's like the person didn't even know they were giving the ultimate like white elephant gift. <laughs> yeah. Good exactly. Lord. Yeah. So she got, she, yeah. Um, we were eating at some Italian, like, Cheney place once. Brabruvios. Lasagna ravioli. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember. It used to be all over the place. And Macaroni grill, I bet. No, and not mm. Olive Garden. But it was, it wasn't as prevalent a chain as, like, Olive Garden. It was, anyway. That's why I, I said Macaroni grill. But Yeah, ahead. like, who cares, right? Um <laughs> If it was if it was macaroni grill, I would say so. Okay. okay. Yeah, you're not afraid. No. And even though they may be a sponsor of this, should we call it macaroni grill? Yeah, let's just make sure. Yeah. Um, it wasn't them, but let's just make just let's make, make sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so I got ordered a Caesar salad, and my Caesar oh, salad comes, good. and on top of the Caesar salad, placed in the center as if it were a garnish, <laughs> was a giant dead cockroach. <laughs> Just sitting, just sitting there on top, oh. like upside down with with its legs like curled and and up, you know, mm. up in the air, up in and, the air. The Clooney special. Oh man, I love it. I called the waiter over, and I excuse remember, me, Garcon. <laughs> I was so like grossed out. I called him over, and I pointed at it, and he looked at it, and I looked up at him, and I go, yeah, and and he and he goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> we just got it. Was this an episode out. of Yeah, Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Um uh that's disgusting. and you just walked out. You you did you yeah. did you were you drinking an iced tea or something that you should yeah. have paid for? I think those yas meant, meant yeah. go ahead. Your go, diet coke yeah. or whatever is on the house. Um I will say another mouse story is uh back uh when Paul F. Tompkins and I did a show together up in Oregon at the Gorge at that music festival, which I'm yeah. not sure if it's still there anymore. Yeah. We ate at a uh, the, the wonderful hotel where our rooms overlooked the gorge. It's an incredible hotel. Huh. And uh, but we ate at the uh, restaurant there called Tendrils, mm, and ooh, uh, Tendrils is a weird name, yeah. And a mouse died in front of us at that place. <laughs> it was Tig, me, Kulop, Janie, Paul F. Where are these Maria Thayer dropping dead in front of? <laughs> well, you? I mean, you, when you think about it, you're you're at the Gorge. This hotel is like overlooking. And so when we said, hey, a mouse just died in front of us thinking it was going to be, they went, yeah, that'll happen. You're we're like sitting here in a restaurant on, on top of the Gorge. No, nothing taken off the bill in that case, my dear fellow. How did you know it died in front of, like... Because it literally, like, fell out of the ceiling in front of us, staggered around as if, like, that was a big fall. You were indoors. We were indoors in this restaurant. And they didn't... Did they clean it up? They're not animals. They cleaned it up, certainly. It didn't seem like it was a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be worse if they were like, yeah, 
There's dead mice all over this place. <laughs> this lays there. But so we often, when my mom told this story to me and Kulop, she immediately texted the tendrils crew and uh, recounted this story of another dead mouse. Oh, that's crazy. But uh, we, and this has been years past, but we, uh, the, we always uh, talk about tendrils. Is tendrils a uh, current restaurant it's still it may be over there uh, by the gorge yeah sounds like they don't give a shit about the mice so they don't care about this story well they're not playing the long game they didn't realize that paul and i were going to be famous famous podcasters perhaps even two faces upon mount podmore if you Uh, will yeah no i yeah absolutely absolutely and that we would we would have such a platform to be able to shit talk tendrils in such a manner tendrils what a name tendrils um so we uh, we have a very special show today. This is a pretty, Should we talk about it? pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Now, look, we're no strangers to working with some of the brightest stars that shine in the heavens. Absolutely. The brightest stars in the universe. Yeah, I mean, let's go down the list of some of the projects that it's we've- too, The list is it's too It's too long. comprehensive. It's yeah. too- It's just too- You know what it is? It's vast. It's vast. Tell you what, check out- Either of our IMDb pages yeah, just, and just start doing a cross ref. IMDb.com, Scott and Scott, you'll get the idea. IMDb professional account if you if you want to really yeah. get a good sense of what we're all about. IMDb Pro. It's yeah. Where I live, essentially. Every day. Get oh, up and man. check it. Hey, where's Boom. my star meter? What's my star meter? Boom. What am I at? 86. Hundred thousands? <laughs> How many credits do I have? Boom, I can find out. Not yeah. a big deal. But um, but we have someone on the show uh, coming up here uh, yeah. in our next segment that is a pretty big deal. And I'm a little freaked out uh, because uh, sitting down and being able to just chat with a member of the band that um, this guy is a part of. We, when we're not giving anything away. No, not giving anything point, away. No. Is something I've wanted to do for so long. Uh, and now uh, it's about to happen. It's about and to happen. I'm a little freaked out, uh, but I think uh, he- we've had some training in this regard. That's right. With uh, our previous show. That's right. That you mentioned on the Letterman show, as I recall. I did. Uh, you mentioned I the, did. our previous show. Our- he, he brought it up. He was like, "What? What is this thing you do? <laughs> what is that thing you do?" Yeah, and, and you were like, like, "That's a Tom Hanks movie." Uh, I don't know. Um, but. Uh, we we have on a member of uh oh. yep. that's right we have mike mills aka mike miller aka mike, mike myers. myers mike the, mills is the on groovy the show. one himself he's yeah. on the show he's on this show he he has agreed to be on the show and he's agreed to answer any question we ask anything no matter how stupid you know what we need to do, though? What's that? Um, at some point, we need to get him to agree to our backyard barbecue. We got to. No, have, I'm, I'm not joking around. We need to do this. I was joking, but now that I see you're serious, I- You see me smiling? You see I, me laughing? Well, I'm upside down. Right, I'm hanging from do my, I have a my pull-up bar. Joker's hat on? <laughs> yes, yeah, do you mean a pull-ups. Ha- do you mean a hat that the Joker would wear? Or do you mean- What's the name of that hat that a Joker wears with the bells on it? The Pajon. Pajon? Oh, Pajon. <laughs> there is a name for this hat. I can't recall what it is. A Plinko. 
A forage. Is that what you're talking about? That type of hat? No, a hat with- A hat that the Joker with, would wear. With the, like the Heath Ledger, like a trucker hat oh, with a picture uh, of Heath oh, Ledger. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Trucker hat with a picture of Heath Ledger. Not as the Joker, just Heath Ledger. No, just Heath Ledger. Right. I gotta get one of those. We should sell those. We. I have three in my trunk. <laughs> a trunk trucker of my car. hat with a picture of Heath Ledger that says, "Are you talking to Ari Emery? Me?" <laughs> that I would be these, rad. These are gonna be very popular. Oh, totally. Um, but we gotta ask him about this backyard barbecue. Yeah. Well, we got so far. Get we've it. made no headway. No, we gotta get this thing together. We gotta make it. Happen. Look, summer is coming. I mean, I've heard of Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. Yeah, this is summer, bro. This it's is serious. summer. Summer's coming, and this is prime backtar, backyard barbecue weather. Or backtar barbecue. Backtar barbecue. Um, we gotta we gotta get yeah, a so, commitment from at least one of the members, and maybe he can take it back to the others. But that's the thing is with contracts like this, you get one agreement. It essentially it's like binds all the others. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. if you get one one, uh, the rest will fall. We all, we already have contact with Burtis Downs with their attorney. So, yeah. so uh, he'll, and he, he's a pushover. Yeah. We'll get the ball rolling with From Mike. Everything then, I've heard about the, their yeah, negotiating we'll style. Pretty much seal it up with Burtis yeah. uh, soon after. And that'll get the the other three as well yeah. on board. Yeah. Yeah. This is okay. So we got pretty do, much done actually. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It'll probably, but by the time Mike gets in here, we'll bring it up. This is a formality. Just a formality at this done. point. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. This yeah. is just formality. We may not even like tell him the details. We don't even have to have him come in here. We can just be like, hey, this is a release for the for the episode and just get him to sign it. You know what? That's actually a good approach. It's probably Or not we bad. can tell him it's like a, a um, uh, Valentine. A Valentine's Day card. Yeah, to our wives. From him, our to our wives. wives. Yeah, uh, for next for him. next year, from him. Yeah. That or be, a we'll petition say, to, give, uh, to give money to who? To children? To any children. Yeah. To any, all children. This is to money for all children. This is just, just a petition. Like, we think we should give money to all children. Yeah. Who wouldn't who say wouldn't, that? Who wouldn't? What kind of monster? Oh, no. I said, don't say that word. God oh, damn it. Oh, God. I'm creeping myself out just thinking about it. Uh, but we got to ask him about this. Yeah. Um, I also have to say one, give one shout out to someone who sent us a really nice piece of mail. Lance Harding. Uh, thank you so much uh, for sending us something. You sent us a really nice uh, cassette as well. Uh, appreciate that. All right. We need to go to a yeah. break, if that's okay. When we come back, this is incredible. We have a member of the band, Hariam. Mike Myers himself will be here. We'll be right back with more Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. Welcome back. Are you talking R.E.M. Remy? Adam Scott, across from me. Yeah, you know this is a uh, this is a pretty. Shut up for a second. Okay, um, sorry. I wanted to say that this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, for the show. I wasn't. That's um, not what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I was because you started off really well. You said something to the effect of, well, "I don't even know." I, I was going to say this is tuning a, out. This is a pretty water glass. Oh, it is very pretty. It's very clear. Yeah. But it's sorry, as, sorry. As clear we're... as the water that uh, resides inside of it. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. As gorgeous as the water. It's really pretty. 
Oh my God, it's so pretty. It's really, it's like sexy too. It's like pretty in a sexy way, you know? That's very hard to pull off sometimes. It's like pretty in a, yeah, it's sexy, but it's also like it's, it's, it's sort of ugly, but in a beautiful way. But in a beautiful, like it doesn't know how pretty yeah. it is. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh my God, if you would just like uh, let me clear the smudges off yeah. of you, you would be beautiful. I and I'm the wanna, only one that sees that. I want to tell you how beautiful you are, but I can't. Yeah, because you're a glass. You're a glass, yeah. Don't fall in love with the glass, Adam. I will not. I will try. It's a good tip for all of you listening. Don't fall in love with the glass. It's easy to do. So you were saying this is a this pretty is a big deal. This is a pretty big deal. This is pretty exciting because we've been doing this show now for... 15, 16 years? <laughs> as long as Bonanza was on the air, it seems like. That's right. Um, by the way, is that a... Oh, I, oh, I don't know that. <laughs> no, I know Bonanza. You know Bonanza. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm really realizing all of my references are from the 50s today. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird. Um, but this is exciting because we've been doing this show for a while now, and we have, look, we've talked about it. We've wanted to, to look, we've, we've hypothesized about the band Hariam. In every way you can imagine. Every way. And you cannot imagine any other way that we have not. No, we've hit them all. We've hit them all. Every way that you can discuss Hariam, we have discussed them. Minus one. The one that we've wanted to do is we've wanted to talk to the band members themselves. And we have yet to do that. We have yet to do that. Unless you are from 15 seconds in the future, when I have already introduced our incredible first guest and only guest of this uh, episode, but our first guest from the band itself. That's right. We have Mike Mills from R.E.M. right here. Hey, that's Mike Miller. Mike Miller. Sorry. Yes, Mike Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Get it straight. (laughs) Mike Miller, Mike Myers from the band R.E.M. Welcome to the show. R.E.M. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing the show, Mike. This is crazy. It's a honor to be here. <laughs> yes. I. Uh, this is a really big deal for the show, but also for me personally. Uh, Adam has not seen you in a while. Yeah. Well, no, we saw, we, 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 we all uh, uh, talked to you up in Portland. Yes, briefly. Uh, yes. Which we did uh, uh, episode seven or so uh, back, uh, back last yeah, year. That was actually before the show had aired, we went up and, or had been put out, we went up and, and saw you for guys the, For perform. the layperson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if aired is too complicated for you, Adam's right. reducing it down to put, put out. out. But yeah. isn't it, isn't it technically not airing? It's kind of pushed well, out true, into yeah. the world. No, Adam, you're right. And I'm just being a jerk. Um, and, and saw the, the show you guys did for Scott McCoy, which mm-hmm. was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So, and we talked to you a little bit backstage. That was the first time you and I met, but... Adam, I don't know if you realize this, met you back in 1993? Two. Two. Do you, sort do you, of. Do you know that? I don't know that. I still I w- don't know that. I was one yeah, of Adam the extras. Had, Adam had a wonderful conversation oh, with you. Oh, that's right. At, uh, at the drive shoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we didn't actually meet, but what it was was you guys were cool enough to just sort of hang out and let people like pepper you with questions. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, there wasn't anything else to do. It was, <laughs> you know, midnight at the Sepulveda Dam. There wasn't a lot going on. That's right. And I drive by the Sepulveda Dam all the time. And every time I do, I remember that uh, that 
that night? Was it? Two, I think it was two full nights two of shooting. Two very long late nights. So do you uh, do you remember what? I mean, maybe you've heard the episode. What Adam asked. Uh, uh, was it, was it to Mike personally or it was, it was, <laughs> it was stupid. Here's what I said to you. Um, f- we couldn't believe you guys were kind of out. And so we were all trying to think my group of friends and I were trying to think of things to, to ask you guys. And all we had heard so far about the new record were kind of rumors. And we had heard about John Paul Jones being on the record. And so, uh, I asked you, and this, by the way, Adam, his point of view at the time, he's so into alternative music. That's right. Like it changed his life hearing Document, right? And now he's totally into alternative music. And this has happened to a lot of us. I don't know if it happened to you. Sure. Um, I'll maybe ask you if it happened to you after I finish my incredible story. <laughs> but uh, it happens to a lot of us where where I remember uh, selling off all of my Huey Lewis CDs and yeah. Cars CDs and like anything that wasn't like – the cure or REM or, you know, like anything that, and it's such a, such a fine, like it's not even that much of a difference between like the, the cars, which are essentially new wave, but they they were like, to me, they They were were AOR. They were, they were AOR like classic rock. So I think that when you get into that, that sort of headspace of like, no alternative music is where it's at. I think that's where Adam was, where yes. he was thinking anything classic rock was like lame or from a decade ago or yeah, something. I had gotten rid of all of my Zeppelin, uh, Eagle. I, I just sworn off everything that wasn't like right then. Hold on, Adam. I, I want to ask him if he, this has ever happened to him. Mike, has it ever <laughs> happened to you? That, that, that alternative music changed my life? Yeah, sure. Um, Yes. Um, uh, well, you're one I, of the purveyors. I of guess. Yeah. I mean, I, by participating in it, it certainly changed my life. Do you yeah. consider our Hariam to be alternative rock first, or do you consider yourself to be? What would you say the style of music is? I always say rock and roll, uh, just because anything else takes too much explaining. Um, I mean, alternative. I guess it meant something at one time in that. It was the alternative to what was on commercial radio. But, yeah, right. But, but that became just as limiting as anything else. Oh, they're alternative. Well, what does that sound like? Well, uh, I don't know what it sounds like, but it, you won't hear it on the radio. I that's mean, how I felt about, and you're not going to care about this, but that's how I felt about alternative comedy. I don't know if you like comedy, but people would ask me what is alternative comedy because I was there from the beginning of alternative comedy pretty much. Um, and I would say it's just comedy done in not in a club. Like it's not this. It's not what's being said. It's not, you know, the style of comedy. It's just it's the venue. And I think that's what for for us alternative music was was you wouldn't hear it on the radio, right? Like when I lived up in Santa Maria, California, there was one station that would play alternative music on Sunday between <laughs> eleven p.m. and one a.m. And I would just like that would be the only time I would listen to the radio because. Everything else was just the same old classic rock songs that you'd heard before. Yes. Anyway, does that have anything to do with what you're saying? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's niche. It was niche stuff at the time. You know, uh, even MTV had a little niche for it. And, uh, you know, the radio had a little niche for it. And, and you know, the gay club in Augusta would have New Wave Tuesdays, you know, the yeah. night that nobody else came for anything. You could put a New Wave band in there and, and get, yeah. get a crowd. So, yes, right. it was niche music at the time. But yeah. you guys were influenced by more... 
I guess more, uh, not classic rock necessarily, but things like, I don't know, the Raspberries and, you know, like 60s sort Big of bands. Star and stuff yeah, like that. I mean, I, I, our most obvious antecedents are things like, you know, the Raspberries and, and Big Star and, and uh, you know, kind of power poppy type things also. But but really, it, it runs the gamut. I mean, between the four of us, you name a type of music and one of us probably liked it at one time or another. Yeah, I mean, early on, you guys would do like... Sonny and Cher covers and and yes. and all you 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 would do anything essentially. Yes. Did but you ever have fights about like if you would like something or a style of music that the other band members didn't like and you would say, "Hey, I want to do something like this." Would people say like, "No, that's too too Led Zeppelin-y or too much like this? We never had fights over that. I mean, we were all very we tried to be very accommodating of each other's you know, wishes and desires. And uh, so hopefully it never got down to fisticuffs, which it never did with us. On about did, Have you ever no. hit never, any of the members ever hit any of the other members? No, don't, no yelling or hitting. Don't <laughs> yell or hit. So no, no we didn't hit. <laughs> Too bad. Yes. That would have made a great story. <laughs> we didn't. It's not that we didn't think about it. it just, we could have broken it for news. Never happened. So did the, you ever like get in each other's face and say, I want to hit you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, that happened. Okay, good. A couple to me and from me, but, uh, <laughs> but it never deteriorated any further. Adam, you wanted to say something? Well, I, I was just going to say before we forget the stupid thing I actually said to Mike back right. then, yes. which was, oh, yeah. with all of this as backstory, I had sold all my Zeppelin CDs and everything because it wasn't what was happening right now. Did you keep he, your Grateful Dead CDs? Uh, I probably kept Working Man's Den at American Beauty. Okay. Um, Do you regret selling those Zeppelin? Yeah, because I had to buy them all back. You have to buy them all back. That's the thing. (laughs) Because they're incredible. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So at the time, I remember us hearing John Paul Jones was on the new record and all my group of friends being like, wait a second, John Paul Jones? That doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why? What? And so what I asked you was, hey, man, what's John Paul Jones like? As if we're friends and you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, lame the- classic. <laughs> like <laughs> like this guy that we invited to do incredible string arrangements on our record. Of course. He sucks. He's yeah. a trip, yeah. <laughs> Random dude. So you said, you were like, oh, he's great. I was like, okay. And then uh, quickly had to come up with something else. Asked what the new record was like. And after creating one of the great records of, of all time, this is how you described Automatic for the People, uh, which was being more modest than modest. You said, oh, you know, uh, lots of uh, keyboards and uh, guitars, more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> more of the same. Well, I put a lot of thought into that answer, clearly, and, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't want to raise expectations too high. Good it, Lord. And then it yeah. was like the Abbey Road of our time. Did, did you think it was kind of more of the same? Were you surprised that it stuck, uh, struck, rather, such a resonant chord with people? Oh, very surprised. Uh, I mean, it was uh, very much a departure. Uh, kind of, Green kind of bled into it a little bit, but the fact that it was so acoustic and so generally slow and so much about death and dying and mortality that we didn't, nobody saw that coming. Even Michael didn't see that coming. It just morphed into that sort of, you know, reflective, uh, moody kind of record. Yeah. Morph, by the way, is a technology, for those of you listening who don't know what it is, uh, where uh, it's a computer graphic technology yes. that uh, James Cameron pioneered with uh, Terminator 2, Rise of the Machines. Uh, was it Rise of the Machines? I believe that Michael Jackson's Black or Black White, or White was, was the first yeah. Morph wheel. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, let's not talk about that guy. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Canceled. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Um, so... 
that the other thing I wanted to ask you based on this, and I know we're jumping around a bit and we'll go backwards I've a little bit. I've heard your podcast. <laughs> I expect nothing less. Hey, <laughs> I didn't come here to be nagged. <laughs> you playing the game on me? Just like, um, if you look up tangential in the dictionary, there's a picture of you two guys. Yes. Yes. I'm in the dictionary. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, when you give him an answer like that, are you just tired of talking about music? I was thinking the other day when I was re- writing about and talking about music is is so tough. Because especially like when I go on a, a site like Stereo Gum or Pitchfork or something, Stereo Gum, by the way, has been on fire lately, I got to say. Really? They do this column. They are taking every number one record from the beginning of the Billboard charts to the end of them and writing a long article about oh, everyone shit. and then rating it. Wow. I have to T- read this. Today is about uh, Stevie Wonder's superstition. Amazing. But this singles guy, or LP? Singles, singles. Oh. So they're they're doing all the singles, and this guy is just, like, incredible. He does all the research about how it was who put together. Who is writing this? I don't know who it is. You know, I don't care about writers sure, or no. stuff like that. Who cares? <laughs> it's the product. No, but um, when I read Stereo Gum, I think the hardest thing must be writing – about music without someone being able to hear the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, that's why people use references. That's why you're always compared to this yeah. or that and the other because there's really no other way to to have any frame of reference about what music sounds like without comparing it to something you already know. And, you know, I think that's what continually blew my mind about you guys through the years is that over and over again, I would listen to the new whatever the new record was and – say, I, I've never heard this before. What is this? This is a new, drum? This is new music. I've never heard bass and guitar and drums together. <laughs> and what is the, these weird vocal noises I, someone seems to be making? I listen to acapella records. I listen, listen to bass solos, drum solos, and guitar solos. But together? Together. But, and, and again, with Up, again, it was like, this is brand new. Like, what the hell is this? So trying to describe REM is a in words is a, is a difficult thing. It's interesting. It is like like Mar- uh, was it Martin Muller, Frank Zappa. One of them said that, that writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Yeah. Has been attributed to many people. I first heard it to, uh, as Elvis Costello and w- then was surprised that he didn't write it. I think mm-hmm. Zappa. It yeah. Sounds it's like some- Zappa. Yeah, exactly. But um, <clears throat> when you tell this punk kid over here <laughs> – uh, it's just more of the same. Is it just like you being like, I don't want to talk about I, like the differences of the, what this record is about dying. It's about, oh, God, let me get him off his I, off I, my I, back. No, I'm guessing it was just more like we were getting pummeled by a fire hose and I didn't have time to get in depth about, about the nuance of uh, Automatic for the People. But also it, it seemed just very modest as well that you guys weren't going to go and and tell one of your fans that it's the the – greatest record of, of like what, what are you supposed to say well we weren't aware of that at the time yeah I mean, that came later so yeah i didn't have that uh bullet in my gun to, to yeah was it was it uh you say that you were a little like eh, i don't think people not that people weren't gonna like it but have you ever been in that situation where you're like oh this one's a stinker well not a we knew it was good but you know it's it, it was kind of a downer record i mean i i really thought that people would would you know that, that we'd go back to our sort of original fan base with that one, and all the people we'd picked up over the years would be, oh man, I don't want to think about mortality and death yeah. and sadness and all that crap. I want, I want joy. I want happiness. And uh, well, too bad <laughs> you have to go to another band for it. It was a really bold first single too. Like, Drive, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. being the first thing that uh, Adam's that style, by the way, you'll notice is what we call compli questions, <laughs> which they're not a question; they're a compliment. 
And then you have to decide what to say after he says this. It's so. it's really awkward for you. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's as long as you include a compliment, I'll answer any question. Oh, oh great. Okay. That's good. Mike, you look incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank today. Um yeah, so let's go backwards a little bit to the uh, pre this uh, incredible meeting between two wonderful people uh, back in 1992. Um, and let's go backwards uh, to, first of all, a lot of times uh, <clears throat> when we're talking about the band, um, we've divided the what we call the three stages of the band to us. OK, and and for us, it's because uh, it's based on the records. Right. So it's based we, we talk about the IRS years. We talk about the Warner Brothers years uh, with Bill, and then we talk about the Warner Brothers years without Bill. Do you divvy up the band in any certain, like, time periods of the band in any certain way in your mind? Um, I mean, when it comes up, yes, um, because those are pretty pretty good delineations. Um, you know, when, when Bill left, that's why Up is so weird, because we didn't have a drummer and we had been planning to make a, a kind of uh, machine oriented record anyway, that was already in the, in the works. And then when he quit, we had no choice, but yeah, I'd say, you know, uh, breaking it up between, you know, Warner brothers and IRS and then pre Buckberry and post Buckberry, it was, it's, it's pretty solid. Do you ever think about any other delineations like, Oh, this is when we were touring a lot, and this is when we're not, or this is before we were signed, or anything like that. No, I, I mean, there's no. Is that's, that's all a blur. The, yeah, a lot of it is. The, but I, I mean, I kind of separate the last two records in a way because um, when we made Around the Sun, it was uh, it was a tough process because what we learned is that when you start to make a record, you finish it before you do anything else. And we tried to uh, write a couple of songs for a greatest hits and then go out and tour on that greatest oh, hits right. and then try to come back and finish the record. And that just doesn't work. Uh, you, you can't, you lose your focus. It, the songs on that record are great, but I think in just terms of our, our ability to stay focused on it, we lost that when we toured. So, so I always see the next two as kind of a little small set of their own because it was us saying, okay, we got to, we got to focus. We got to make two great records and, and and, uh, and see where that puts us. Yeah, and I think for a lot of us too, those those last two records are uh, here's the compliment. compliment. Here it comes. <laughs> those last two records are incredibly strong, and it sounded like the beginning of something. I have to say that when Collapsing the Now came out, I immediately. Adam's up. very proud of this. I, I really am. I immediately picked up that you guys were saying this is our last really? record. You're one of the few. I he, know. He I, was on an REM website. Do, what, what was the Murmurs. Website? Murmurs. He was on Murmurs, and he was on the message board. And he wrote that, that hey, I, guys, I think the band is telling us they're breaking up. And everyone pummeled him and was like, oh, shut up. Did. You're wrong. You're wrong. Because all the best couldn't be clearer. It really couldn't. And uh, all the best is the is probably the clearest indication on there. The cover, it's the only time our faces were on the all three faces were on the cover of a record. Yeah, that had never been done. Was so, there? Yeah, the, I guess. What are the times that just one of your? Uh, well, there's half of Bill's face is on uh, Life's Rich Life's Pageant. pageant. Right. Michael is there. Are three images of Blurry Michael on the cover of Around the Sun. Uh, and let's not talk about. That one record where you put that really scary. Oh, then there's the live record from Dublin with the weird Michael. Oh, face. oh yeah. Right. Oh, and he's on the cover of Document, isn't he? Isn't that him? Um, putting something? Yes, I guess he is. Yeah. It's yeah. super obscure. You're right. Though, yeah. Obscure mm -hmm. is our middle name. Yeah. But that scary record where you put that scary face 
on it. Which oh one? yeah, we can't say we the, can't say the title of it because it frightens us way too, too much. Scary. But the orange uh, record that you put out in 1995, I believe. Oh, with the chili bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah please yeah, don't even mention it. Too it's scary. too. It's too Why frightening. Why is the bear so scary? Well, it's the title of the record and the bear and everything combined it's, is just uh, very it's frightening just to so us, frightening. and we don't like to talk about it. Okay, well, uh, we won't talk about that one. Then. <laughs> so even let, though it's even though it's being reissued this year, and it is. Oh God! Oh God! It's coming! It's coming for you. I'm too. I. I, uh, Watch this. Monster. Ah! <laughs> Please don't reissue it in October because that's ah, ooh, the, that be that's much, the scariest it? month. The scariest right, month of all. Right. right. Um, let's go backwards then to uh, pre- uh, pre getting signed, I guess. Um, and uh, 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 let's just remind everyone how how you started. When was the first time you heard of REM? <laughs> Uh, the first time anyone ever heard of REM as that was the night sitting around the living room at the church. And, I mean, the story is true. We were literally opening a dictionary. Michael was poking his finger at something and saying, how about this? How about that? How about this? And so, like, the fourth or fifth thing he said was REM. And we said, what does that mean? And he told us. And we said, okay, we'll take that. And wow. our pictures weren't in the dictionary yet. No, Under no, tangential. No, right. you, were, you were not yet fully uh, become what you were not formed. So wait, that was the actual night in the church that you played the gig or that was before? No, no, that was after, it was actually after the gig. We didn't have a name uh, when we did the first show. The first show you had, it was just like, hey, these guys are going to play something. Well, you know, basically we're like just a band. Peter wanted to call us Twisted Kites and nobody else really wanted that. And uh, especially me. So do you think about (laughs) what would have piss one of the other? Well, we had a party where because this this decrepit old deconsecrated church, basically this guy had built a plywood house inside the church. And so these just cheap old plywood walls, we had a party and all of our friends came over to we we gave them all chalk and said, write your ideas for for names on the walls. And cans of piss was one of those. Slug bank was one of them. And and you know there was completely cans nothing nothing useful. Can- I like cans of piss. I do too. If do you we th- were a punk band, it would have yes. been great. Do you think about what what life would be like if you had named yourself not even can not cans of piss because who knows? But twisty kites. That's it's a fine name. It maybe says. Something like a little different than what you guys ended up being. Well, but the point of REM for us was that it doesn't say anything. Yeah. I mean, you you hear REM and you don't know what that band is going to sound like. For example, uh, the Circle Jerks. Well, yeah, I love know. the Circle Jerks, yeah. but you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. And yeah. the point of REM was that you just had no idea. Right. You're talking about the band right now. Uh, the Circle well, Jerks. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> yes, not it. what we're going to do in 20 okay. minutes. <laughs> <Great>. 20? <laughs> How about I was now? hoping we'd put our headphones down immediately. Um, <laughs> I thought we had an agreement here. Is a story like that about the first gig in the church, that's something that you guys are asked about all the time that you've told that's been kind of trod upon so much over the years, is was that night that um, that the the show happened in the church is that something that that was as romantic and as cool as it sounds, or has too much been made of it? Do you feel the answer is probably yes to both questions. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was a super fun night um, because because of the innocence. I mean, there was no scene per se. Nobody knew anything about anything except that we were there to have a lot of fun, yeah. and that's what everyone did. And there was obviously 
you know, right away, uh, there was clearly some sort of chemistry between the four of us. And, and, you know, when Bill and I brought in our songs from Macon, Georgia, from the stuff we'd done before and gave it to Peter and Michael to play, uh, it was obvious right away that they brought something to it that was really special. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, that night was amazing. And people were going insane. Uh, people were dancing like idiots and we were playing a lot of great covers and everybody was completely fucked up and it was wonderful. <laughs> so fun. And uh, was there anything, did you guys all sort of land upon your roles in the band? Like, hey, you know, did you say, I'm going to, I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing backups or, uh, you know, did everyone just sort of, or, or, I mean, a lot of you guys switch instruments a lot. We too, did later. So. Well, no, this was, this was kind of obvious because Bill and I had been in, in bands in Macon. Uh, I was a bass player. I could play, you know, everything else, but I was a bass player. Bill was a drummer and, and well, they were percussionist and, you know, guitar player and songwriter as well. All those things that Bill does. But, um, but yeah, that was uh, that sort of initial slot fitting was was right there, and then everything, you know, a lot of things we we morphed again, as it were. For thank you, uh, black and white, yes. Michael Jackson. Exactly. Back to him. <laughs> do you? I, I think of the the John Lennon and Yoko thing from that video. Oh. Do you remember when they had their two faces on either end of the circle? And as it oh, went that's around, right, they, they that's became, right. They became the same. Yeah, that's the pre morph morph. Yes, um, we can reference them instead of Michael Jackson. No, thank you. Okay, let's you, keep thinking Michael Jackson. <laughs> Do you? I I found that when I was uh, trying to be in bands when I was young, a bass player is very hard to come by. Did, was it sort of currency for you to to? Uh, uh, no one owned a bass. Everyone wanted to be a guitarist. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I I guess I never had any trouble finding people to 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 play music with, but I was always drawn to the to the vibration. That was the thing that did it for me was making people's asses vibrate. So mm -hmm. for me, cool. it was easy. But I, just know. like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards John and Yoko here. Okay, just like John and Yoko. Just like John and Yoko. <laughs> Engineer Ryan laughed at that one. No, now he's shaking his head, saying no. Cut, edit. <laughs> um, so... Uh, an incredible beginning. You guys were a party band, sort of, as as it was known in Athens. Uh, you know, you were very, very entertaining, and people would say that you were you were like uh, the best at 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 playing gigs and playing parties back then, when people just like have fun and have a good time. Athens was all about that because there were. Uh there were no clubs that would play live music ex unless it was, you know, Southern rock or, or old folky rock or whatever, you know, that had been around forever and ever. So, you know, the B-52s, who were a little preceded us by a bit, they were just playing parties, house parties, and, and that was all there was to do. And then when we started playing in various places, the, this guy, Mike Hobbs, who ran a, a place called Tyrone's, realized that, that, you know, he could get 100, 150 people to come in there and maybe some of them would drink a Budweiser and he'd make a little bit of money. And, uh, and then that was really sort of our, our jumping off point was, was Tyrone's OC in Athens, Georgia, because there were a lot of people because there was nothing to do. There was nothing to yeah. do in Athens, Georgia, except go to parties. And then, then there was this club you could go to. So that was what everyone did. And kind of a, right off the bat, you guys were packing the house, right? Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. As I said, there was nothing to do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, here's a band of, of people playing accessible music with a bunch of covers that people recognized. And even the things that weren't covers sounded vaguely familiar. And, and Ath Athenians love to dance. They yeah. really loved to dance. So that was, it was always a big dance party. I miss that in shows now. You Me know too. what I mean? Like no one dances, dancing around like a like a jerk. We went to the Beck show like six months ago. No dance, dance the whole time. Oh, why didn't you? It was great. Why just didn't you the, invite me? Just the two of you? Uh, no, I went with uh, just people I I'm closer with um, <laughs> than Scott. 
Uh, hey. <laughs> no, sorry. There's no one I'm closer with. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I know that's true. No, I went with uh, Naomi and uh, you, you should have come. Yeah, you never invited me. Uh, Jesus. Um, do you, so uh, those early years when you get when you get there and finally you're going to make a record and you you know you go to IRS, um, you get a deal. How do you decide what you want to do? Did did Mitch Easter have a lot to do with like sort of helping you out? to figure out even what songs you were going to pick? Or did you guys go in knowing, like, we're going to do this, this, and this, we're going to do these five songs, and it's going to be an EP? We we knew we knew the songs we wanted. We probably didn't have <laughs> more than five songs at that right. point. I don't know how many others we could have put on there. But, uh, you know, we, we between the four of us, we had a lot of ideas. We always had a lot of input from each other. And then, but the idea is to pick a producer that you trust and that you want his input and you want his suggestions. And and Mitch was, was very useful uh, in, in that way. And we really enjoyed working with him. You know, his little studio was in his garage. It was called the drive-in studio because it was in his garage. And, <laughs> wow. uh, yeah. Did so anyone ever like, did it, did, I don't know if he was married, but did his wife ever just like suddenly drive into the garage and, <laughs> and like forget that <laughs> no, you were all there? He and... lived with his parents at the time. Oh, so okay. he was not married and his parents were totally cool and stayed out of the way. The, the dog would wander in and bark. And so it was his jingle. parents' garage. Technically. Yes. I guess it was his parents. Garage. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. And the dog, did the dog ever get get on record? Um, I think he might have made a noise or two, but I don't know that it's still there. There are crickets on there from when Michael sang outside once on a song. Uh, I think you can, if you have headphones, you can hear the crickets, but I can't remember which song it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it was a gradual thing f- for you guys, but you were pretty popular in Athens right away. When was the point, was it around Chronic Town or after Murmur and got, got some attention when you guys really kind of looked at each other and were like, okay, this is like a thing we can, we can. This is a career, not do. a. There was, there was one day, Peter and I were walking down the street together and I can't remember what triggered it, but we looked at each other and said, you know, we, we might can make a living at this. Yeah. Of course, now making a living in, in that, I mean, Bill and I split a three room, uh, part of a house for $120 a month. <laughs> and so what and year is this? Is this, this seven, is 79, 80, 80, 80, 80, yeah, 81. And, so and standards were standards were low. The bar was low. And, and speaking of bars, that's that we, you know, we have, if we had girlfriends that worked in bars, they would slip us slices of pizza and beers. <laughs> and yep. so we could, we could eat on the cheap. And, uh, but yeah, there was a, we were, we were playing enough around the South and getting popular enough to where Peter and I realized that we could at least take a shot at making a career out of that. Wow. And did you ever make more money than just to pay for pizza and beer or <laughs> not really if if I don't remember having any more money than that what if uh, what pizza if, and beer just got more and more expensive <laughs> right. over what if everything pizza. that you you just started buying the world's most gigantic pizzas <laughs> with all your money you're like this is what we spend money on yeah. um <clears throat> you guys got pretty much more popular with each record uh you know, in those early IRS years, I mean, every year, and you guys were touring every single record and putting out a record every year, which is a, a grueling kind of schedule in a way, but it's also fun when you're that young and you, you have nothing to do. Yeah, that's the key word is young. Um, I mean, we played live because that's why we were a band. Making records was was really the first few things we did was just to get people I, to tell them we were in a band and here's what we sound like so we could get more shows. Uh, but we toured constantly, you know, just because that's what we love to do and that's why we were extant was just to do that. When you guys stopped touring, was it because it... it does it does it just wear on you after a while, or is it because you're getting older, or you know any answer you can think of probably applies to me. We toured constantly 
you know, at least once or twice every year up until after '89, and then '89 was was a, was a wrecker. I mean, it was it was. I've I've looked back at how many shows we did, and it was. It was just massive. It was solid for like 14 months or something, it was, wasn't it? It was, it was at least, it was about 11 or 12 with a little couple of breaks in the middle of it. But it was, and then, uh, you know, I've told this story before. We went, we played Singapore in 89 and we went back in 95 and we walked, I walked into the dressing room and there was this mountain of alcohol and there was, there were just cases of beer and cases of wine and two bottles of vodka and two bottles of Cuvazier and all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell is all this <laughs> liquor doing in here? And then I remember they had the 89 Rider. They, oh, it wasn't wow. the 95 rider, it was the 89 <laughs> rider. And I said, this is why we stopped touring after wow. the because it was just, I mean, it was great. We were young and we could handle it. We had a great time and, and you know, it in no way uh, diminished the shows at all. Um, but, but. You know, but it's 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 yeah. Five keeping, six years down the road, keeping that up is yeah. is very. T- you can't you can't do it. You're I remember yeah. seeing you guys right at the beginning of the Green Tour in in Oakland, and then right at the end in Mountain View at the Shoreline mm-hmm. that place, and um, the the one at the end was a different show. It was a a really great kind of more e- explosive show, but you could tell because Michael's hair was then completely like a, a mohawk with a ponytail like it looked like you guys had been around that's the 89 89 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was that was a long one it was uh but you know you gotta you gotta strike while the iron's hot as, as the cliche goes and and we were loving it i mean we had a great time but yeah. you know we got to basically we did america three times you play the primary then the secondary then the tertiary markets and and we got to shreveport this is at the tail end of everything, and we're just wiped out. I mean, yeah. you know, the shows are still great, and we had a great time. So we got to Shreveport, and the mayor's daughter was a big fan. So she came to the show, and uh, we, we met her before the show. Hey, thank you. for. She goes, look, she said, um, we don't really have – we don't have a key to the city here in Shreveport, or I'd give you one, but we do have a keychain. So <laughs> I have a – And it's giant like the no, key no, to the city? No, it's just a regular – it's just got a little, <laughs> little medallion on it. It's a Shreveport, Louisiana. So I have a keychain to the city of, of Shreveport. Amazing yes. thing to have. What is what is more grueling though? Doing the pre-show meetings with people or doing the show itself? Oh well, the meetings are the meetings are harder because you want to do them less. Um, but yeah, you got, is it like you got into the business. radio yeah. guys and stuff. Is that usually what it was for a long time? Yes, you would do because the radio station would be the co-promoter, and right. and you relied on them to not only play your records but to promote the show and and let people know that you were coming. And um and you know I didn't mind. I, I mean, as a kid, I loved DJs. I mean, yeah. in Macon, Georgia, this is how little there was to do in Macon, Georgia. It's just like it's just like American Graffiti. You know where the the little wooden uh, the little brick building where Wolfman Jack is doing yeah. his thing. Well, we had one of those in Macon, Georgia. WNEX. And the DJ was Carrie Sandifer. And the kids would go, if you were old enough to have a car, you'd pull up next to that. And we'd sit there and listen to the radio station in our cars <laughs> from 10 feet away from the radio Whoa. station. And he'd leave the door open and we'd wander in and watch him do his thing. And I just remember being really impressed that he spoke like this. Yeah, Carrie Sandifer, yeah. WDX. And, you know, I was like, oh, radio voice. I love it. <laughs> when I was young, radio or uh, DJs, radio DJs sounded like the coolest guys yes. yeah, in oh, the totally. world. And they all had voice. And they were yeah. all like, I was like, man, to be that confident and cool. Yep. And you imagine them wearing a, like a leather jacket and just, he was. you know. He was, he was wearing a leather jacket and <laughs> he was confident and cool. And we all wanted to be him. And it was. Just amazing. Carrie Sandifer, if you're out there, we remember you. So guys coming backstage before the show, you were – it was cool because you like those guys and it's a part of your childhood. And In a way, yeah. I mean, but, but the thing is by that point, I mean, some DJs – DJ got a little – DJs got a little entitled, yeah, um, because there became so much corruption and so much, you know, uh, 
the, the bribery got so pervasive. And they that, felt they had all this power. Yeah, and, and, and you did, guys benefited from that, from all the payola and, and became a huge band, right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there, the, we, were, uh, we were told at one point, no names here, but I was told after a show uh, that uh, the record company thought uh, we could make this single a hit. But it was going to take ten grand from the band to do it. No. And I'm sitting there, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'm saying it anyway. And and the other guys were gone, and so here I've got this decision to make. It's like, oh my god, this is the future of the band is in my hands. If I say, if I say yes, we become part of this corrupt, you know, procedure system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I if I say no, we might not have it ever have a hit single. I said, well, that that's a pretty easy answer. I said no. And it became, you know, quasi-hit, and it didn't seem to slow us down a lot. It was only 2500 a piece, though, when you think about that. It's like, at the time, it's like a used car, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, what price your soul? Yeah. You know, there's one thing at the the second time I saw the Green uh, World Tour, I after the now show— you're just bragging about shows you've seen. saw it twice. <laughs> I've seen tour film, like, eight times. All right. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went around to the back of the shoreline— because we wanted to see you guys walk out to your to the to the uh, bus and like take off and stuff. And because nothing is more thrilling than watching the band <laughs> right. get watching off. some yeah. guys in their late twenties get onto a bus. <laughs> and, um, but the guy the guy at the door was like, "What are you guys waiting for?" And we were like, "Oh, we just want to see the REM guys come out." And uh, and he's like, "Dude, they're." In the bus and down the road by the time the the lights come up. Is that true? Uh, or was he just trying to get rid of Adam? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, there could have been either one. Um, <laughs> sometimes we did runners, uh, depending on the type of venue and how hard it would be to get out. Sometimes oh, so it, there's a name for it. It's, it's a runner. It's called a runner. A runner. Okay. Yeah. You, and, you literally, well, yeah, as, soon as, the, as soon as you finish the last song, you're off stage into the van. They wait a few minutes to turn the music on and the lights up so that nobody So leaves. that you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, uh, it's not an elitism thing. It's literally you can't get out. Oh, yeah, if, of course. I always heard that out. about Tony Bennett. Like when he plays the Hollywood Bowl, he goes hard in San Francisco he, close. He, en- he ends it he walks immediately off stage and right into a limo and is gone yes, that, and I just thought that was show business that is probably yeah. true yeah that's what I want to do I didn't love him because I liked hanging out after and talking right. to people and decompressing and- yes yes you, I'd rather decompress backstage than in a van with six other sweaty guys but <laughs> sometimes Who's the person that showed up backstage over over the years of being in REM that just completely blew you away? You couldn't believe they were there. Is there is there anyone that oh, comes to man. mind? Um, oh wow! I wish you'd prepped me with that. I could have probably come up. We with tell you what, we'll give you twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. All right, Adam. <laughs> 20, let's yeah, let's you, you and I okay, talk okay. for twenty talk seconds. Talk yourselves. Let me think. Hey man, one, you, two. You're just oh, gonna sorry, count. sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I I just I don't know how to tell thought, time unless I count. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't even 20. It was before the show. Weird Al came back. Hey! Awesome. No, it, was, it was after the show, and it was Weird Al, and I was shooting tequila at the time. And, <laughs> and after about- Can uh, we call Al? Let's call Al and get him on the phone. Well, after five minutes, uh, he excused himself, said he had something to do. <laughs> that sounds like so, Al. I may be the only guy that's ever driven Weird Al away. I feel bad about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was before a show. I think it was after. Actually, I don't. I didn't shoot tequila before shows. Was it? Was it? Uh, 
pre-spam or post-spam? Pre-spam. Pre-spam. Pre-spam, I believe, yes. Spam, of course, was Al's uh, parody of your song, Stand. You know, he played uh, at least one, if not two, of your songs on his last tour that he uh, just did last year, I believe. I saw that tour uh, at the Cherry Festival in... Northport. Now you sound like him. <laughs> I, I'm, I aspire to be him. So what can I tell you? Uh, yeah. So no, I saw Weird Al show, and and he's got you know he had he had uh, Michael uh, on the video a couple of times, and I know he. I, he did a little medley of spam and something else. So. All right, yeah, he did. Uh, he did a tour last year. Now I'm just talking about Weirdo Yankovic, uh, but uh, he did a tour that was his deep cuts, not his big popular songs. Oh, that's cool. And every night he did a different cover song based on whatever city he was oh, in. Oh wow! And so I think when he was in Georgia, he did an REM song. Oh, that's uh, very cool. And uh, yeah, and it was an unironic, not a parody. Just like he would, he would do covers. really, yeah, like a straight version. Yeah, just a straight version. And wow. he did. I think. Uh, he did because he had seventy six shows or something like that. So he did a different song in each city. It's uh, and and then uh, he strung them all together what, for me and sent them to me. I wonder what REM song he did, like a straight cover of. Yeah, I can look it up uh, if you give me a fucking minute. Yeah, <laughs> look it up right now, please. Um, twenty right seconds. Now. Right now. Speaking, twenty seconds. Two. <laughs> Speaking three, of giving four. everyone a minute, we need to give everyone a minute to take a break. If that's okay, uh, you can stick around. Is that? I'll uh, stick around. Sure. All right, great. We are going to come right back. This is. Are you talking R.E.M. Remy? We'll be right back with more Mike Miller. Welcome back. Adam's air guitaring, so you know it's a jam. In front of Mike Mills. <laughs> air guitaring uh-huh. near Wild Heaven in a room. With my in a room, as one does. That's insane. That is, of course, your voice singing what I call lead vocals. <laughs> Close enough. Yes. Um, um, <clears throat> let's let's uh, let's talk about that. Uh, did, was there ever a, a time when you guys thought like uh, maybe you would be the lead singer? That only happened when Michael either couldn't come up with anything or didn't like the song, but we all liked it enough to to finish it. Um, Texarkana was that way. Michael gave it a, a start and just hit a wall and, and couldn't finish it. And I had some ideas, and so I threw it on there. Superman was a cover we did that, that Peter and I really loved, so I sang that one. Uh, Near Wild Heaven, I don't know why I is sang. Uh, Listening to the demos uh, of the reissue, isn't there one song that he does kind of attempt and do some some versions of, and then you end up singing? He he did the the demos of Texarkana are on the reissue, oh, right, so you yeah, got yeah, to okay. hear Michael's yeah. version of it, right? Right, which was amazing to hear that after. But so he long. just kind of disengaged at a certain point. You stepped in and said, "Oh, it happened." Yeah, not not a mm-hmm. lot, but sure. Mm-hmm. And people would say, "Why don't you sing more?" I said, "Well, because I have one of the best singers in the history of rock and roll in the band. Why do I need to say, you know, can you move over so I can mm-hmm. do this a little more?" What about doing one side for Michael, one side for you? Oh no, then, then no. <laughs> <laughs> the old um, Scorsese, one for you, one for me. Um, the people, the people would not not go for that. No, they would not. Uh, let's uh, move then into the. I just had a quick question oh, about, boy. like, speaking of uh, like the demos and stuff. Are there any like because on um, automatic there was that one song, um, "Devil Rides Backwards," mm. that was really cool to hear. It is. Um, are there any others that were kind of unfinished gems that you wished you guys had? Or finished gems. Yeah, or ton, finished. there are tons of them. I mean, uh, some of them you've heard if you listen to the demo things. Some things just never made the light of day. Um, 
are you going to put them? Are you going to put these things out? Like well, what? What's what's on the horizon for the reissue campaigns? So yeah. monsters coming out. Monster, this year. the reissue of monsters coming out. There will be. Uh, I think they're probably going to be. I don't know what's full, what's on the alternative disc at this point. Um, maybe some demos, although we kind of milked the demo cow already. Um, and and the you know the great thing was automatic had so many really cool demos lying around. I don't know what we've got sitting around for monster, but um, yeah, I mean I love I love letting people sort of see into the process of of how things go and how they start out and how they how different that is from how they finish. It's it's so fun for for a fan uh, to to get all that stuff from you guys because you were really disciplined about it uh, while you were uh, a band and didn't really. Let, let us peek behind the curtain that much, which is, I think, really great for a band because a little too much of that kind of pulls the mystery oh, yeah. away a little bit. Yeah. You guys were really good about that, so now, but now it's time removed. to it's time yeah. to peek behind that. It's curtain. really fun to now. Be it's able time to, to tear it. down the curtain, like give us those demos, just like the Wizard of Oz. That's yes, like, yeah, exactly. Cool guy. Um, do you, <laughs> we all we can all agree on that. Oh yeah, sure. great guy, right? Great one guy. of the best. I don't yeah. know how it works. Yeah, one <laughs> yeah. of the greats. We love him. Um, whose job is it to go through all that old stuff? Is um, it anyone in the band, or do you have a, sort of a curator? No, it's primarily Kevin O'Neill, uh, just a great human being who works in our office, and he does the bulk of the work on that stuff. He's, he, he can't get enough of REM. He just listens to every tape out there? Uh, he will do what we ask him to do. He's, mm, he's, that sounds he's ominous. Super, he's superhuman. <laughs> well, in that, in that aspect, he's superhuman and he, and he, you know, he does like his job, I guess. And, and, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun stuff. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. if you're any sort of fan at all, you get to hear things that nobody else has heard and you get to hear them before a lot of other people, which I guess is kind of fun. And does he have the taste? Is he the one making the choices of saying, this is worthwhile, this is not worthwhile? He does that. He will rate it and say, you know, he gives us the ones that we that he thinks. And he does it with Burtis Downs, our manager, that they, they sort of go through it together eventually. Shout out to Burtis Downs. Shout out to Sent us a nice, a yeah, nice letter. Us stuff. It's really cool. Nice guy. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a great guy, and we were very lucky to have uh, thrown in with him early on. Yeah. yeah. So let's go to the oh boy. Let's uh sorry, I'm stifling these coughing. <laughs> let's go to the mid period. Uh you sign with Warner Brothers. And uh this is a huge huge deal. You guys are like I mean, you're sort of immense rock stars at this point, although you you've only had one number one hit at the time, uh, the one I love, is that right? Oh no, it wasn't anywhere near number one. I don't know. Oh, it was it a top ten hit. I don't know that we ever had a number or one. Or was it single. two? Number two? No, not the one I love. Maybe one, three. maybe ten. It, it, it might have gone. Top to 10. ten. Okay. It was, it was top, top ten. 10. Yeah. All right. So Does at this sound right, you're the you're the Yeah, you're yeah, the expert. it was like seven, eight. Really? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was not ten I, I, it got it was a top 10, ten single, but wasn't Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over, and Prince's Kiss around the Think same about, time? Listen to that top 10 songs. Prince, Crowded House, R.E.M. Eventually, the days. stereo gum is, is going to get to Prince's Kiss. Yeah. And that was number one. That was number one, and Crowded House uh, only got to number two because of Prince's Kiss. Yeah, wow. Anyway, uh, I know things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, uh, but but you guys signed with Warner Brothers. You your previous record, you had a top ten hit, seven or eight maybe. <laughs> um, and now you guys are sort of big rock stars. I mean, you're you're certainly it was a huge monetary deal, but now you have to deliver, right? You have to like follow up with uh, you know a huge album, and you come out with Green, which delivers. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the pressure was there, but it, it was nothing more than the pressure we always put on ourselves to make 
the best record we could. I mean, that that was there from day one. Uh, you know, we were very, we were very much about the songs themselves as much as anything else. You have to have good songs. And one of the things that made it work for us was that since we, unlike a lot of other people, wrote the music first, um, we had to have music that was interesting and entertaining to myself and Peter and Bill. So we wouldn't give Michael, you know, generic music for him to put words over. So we had to have the songs were already good and interesting on their own before Michael ever got a hold of them. So I think that really helped us a lot. As far as going into green, it was, you know, at that point we'd made good records. We were on a roll. We felt like we were, we were doing good work. Um, so no pressure for you. It was just like, no, let's do it. more than usual. Yeah. More than usual. I mean, we weren't, you know, it's not like we got this massive chunk of money. The deal itself was was a step up, but it wasn't like all of a sudden I had six Rolls Royces. I had you seven, had five. Seven. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, why, would, why would you write the music first and then... Just because that's how it worked. I mean, we, Peter and I, when we would, and, and Bill too, to a slightly lesser degree, but we'd sit around and play guitars all the time. I mean, that was just what we did. And you're constantly creating songs. And then we'd go into rehearsal and, and work these songs out. And there was no real reason for Michael to sit there since he didn't play an instrument. There was no reason for him to sit there while we, you know, hammered out all this detail and, and structure and, you know, all that stuff for the songs. And, and he trusted us and he knew we would give him good stuff. So it was really kind of a two-part process and it, it worked for us. And with Green, you really you really hear the kind of more the quieter, more acoustic stuff really kind of bubbling up that really kind of takes over out of time. Was three mandolin songs? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You are the everything and, yep. uh, and hair shirt, hair shirt. And wrong child and wrong child. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Well, Peter was at that point. You know, Peter was looking to to expand his palette. I think he was getting a little tired of electric guitar. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Here's a guy who he he. He didn't really play very much earlier than when you guys were in a band, right? He taught himself how to play, didn't he? Taught he taught himself how to play and, and uh, from early on, yeah. Like five years later, he's one of the best, and he's tired of it. <laughs> he's not tired of it. He's just, he just you know, you just want to, you want to try new things. You want to see if you can take whatever talent you have and, and apply it to a different instrument or to a different type of song and, and, and just keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that stuff is coming up on, on green. At one point, it was planned on being like half acoustic or... Something uh, like one side acoustic, one side electric. Was that is that true or is that lore that is not true? I don't remember that. Okay, that doesn't mean it isn't true. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good answer for almost everything we're going to ask you. Yeah, it's sort of bullshit, sort of not. (laughs) Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that. That's uh, my favorite. And and then it kind of turned into this. I I I I find green to be sort of a underrated in a weird way, which is weird to say because it's a very popular album. But when there's so much kind of uh, uh, discussion of automatic and murmur and out of time and green is this, is this really interesting record. It's also interesting where it, where it fell in your, in, in the band's career. Um, It made you, I mean, you started doing stadiums from it. So it's super popular. Arenas. We Arenas, we, you sorry. Know, we never really did. Oh, you sta- never did stadiums, sorry. Only, only as part of a festival as a rule. We just, we didn't right. want like to Like Glastonbury or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Any sort of big festival, but right. we, we didn't want to play stadiums. Yeah, so Green Green is almost like a bridge record. Yeah. Between, between the IRS stuff and then the later... I mean, you can tell from Green they were kind of shifting a little bit from, yeah. from as you say, from all the electric guitar stuff, uh, primarily electric guitar all the way through uh, Document... And then Peter's starting to experiment with 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 you know mandolin and and just different uh, 
stringed instruments. Yeah. And then that then that leads into the the you know complete anything goes of, of out of time and, and and the acousticness of automatic. Yeah, even the electric songs on Green, like Pop Song and Get Up, have this this feel to them that's unlike anything else in the whole catalog. They're this bouncy uh, pop with with oh boy. up to up till that point, uh, <laughs> kind of new guitar sounds for you guys. This um, is what I mean about it's hard. Yeah, I'm especially sorry. for Adam, but for anyone to talk about music. Yeah, it's because you, you know, end up sounding stupid. <laughs> No, it's it, yeah. No, you're right. There is a there is a an odd sort of optimism and bouncy pop. That's not a bad uh, not a bad descriptor for for what's going on on the even the the guitar rock songs on up. It is. I mean, on the, on green. It is sort of it's a happy kind of record. Yeah. You know, unless you listen to the lyrics and. Yeah, that's true. That's up to you. Yeah, for sure. And then you go to uh, Out of Time, which, as you put it, is sort of anything goes. A uh, lot of different styles. A lot, uh, not not like incredibly consistent in in sound in a way. You know, you have the one kind of mandolin, the big hit, uh, Losing My Religion with a mandolin and rock, uh, and then you're doing stuff without drums, and then you're doing like super happy, super poppy, shiny, happy people type stuff. Um, was that a conscious choice, or did you look back at, at the songs you had at the end of it and said? Okay, this is an album. How did you decide that was a record? You know, you just uh, you try to pick, you record as many songs as you think are good, and then you try to take the best ones and finish those, and hopefully that makes a record. And you you know you usually finish one or two that that don't make it on there. Um, there were a couple that I think were for out of time that didn't make it. Um, Fretless. Fretless is one that's really cool that it didn't it didn't see anything until we put it in the Vim Vendors movie. Yeah. And then there's another really good one uh, that I kind of wish we'd put on there. And actually, I think we all kind of wish we'd put it on there. But it it didn't it didn't get heard until it got in the Conehead soundtrack. Yes, um, one of the best. Oh, it's a free world, it's a baby. Free world baby. Yeah. 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 Yes. When I listen to that, I go, "What a great song!" It's awesome. It's but, a great song. Now yeah. we're getting to where I like to talk about, which is resequencing records. <laughs> so, like, this is a passion of mine. Like, what should go on the record? What shouldn't? And uh, in what order? In what order? Yeah. We talk about this extensively on the show, so this is this is now we're in our wheelhouse right here. It's it's interesting because you're there's so many iconic records, and when they were out, it's when people were listening to records in order and and listening to them unfold. So I can't even imagine Document or or Green or any of these albums being in some different order. But I'm sure at some point. Begin the Begin didn't open Life's Rich Pageant when you guys were putting it all together. Well, maybe not, but but sometimes it's just obvious what needs to yeah, happen. I mean, there's sure. a, there is a whole lot of of making a cassette at the time, later obviously CDs, and going sit out in the car. You go out in the car and you uh-huh. run it, and you try not to think about it. And you just put it in, and you just sort of sit back and drift and, and listen to the to the order. And if it if something if something leaps out and takes you out of the moment, that's how you really sort of know if if everything flows and you don't really notice anything yeah. s- special, then you feel like you've done a good job. But if something leaps out and, and then you go, oh, that's jarring. Yeah. So sequencing is hard. Could it's, that sometimes take you guys weeks of just pouring over it and figuring it out? It, it did later yeah. sometimes, but no, not weeks. I mean, usually just we didn't have weeks by that time. Yeah. You know, you've got to, your mixing is very, very difficult, and that takes a long time. So by the time you, you're finished mixing, you're pretty much up against it, and you've got a day or two to, to sequence the thing. And But usually, you know, you can look at it, and you write, you, you see the songs all together, and you say, okay, this sounds like a good sequence. It looks good on paper. And then we go listen, and maybe you make some adjustments. But it's all, it's a lot of times it's pretty clear what song. You begin to begin, that's a, that's a, yeah, it says begin. It says begin in it. You're going to put that at the end. 
end of the <laughs> yeah, record? It's no. pretty do, obvious. Do you remember any of the different sequences of that that almost made it of any of the records? Mm, you know, I would for you, I would like to remember. Damn, some of these things, but I can't. <laughs> I'll give you twenty seconds. No, because because by you know they were only considered for a little while, for a and brief then, moment, and then now these things are written in stone for twenty years. So you yeah, can't, it's yeah. hard to imagine it. Anyway. Well, it's hard to remember. Yeah, like stuff that like when I'm putting out shows or whatever, sitting there making editing choices that are so important to you at the yeah. time, and then like you watch it now and go, did, did we have another scene? Yeah. That was- <laughs> did we care if this was? <laughs> did I give a shit if this yeah. was good? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, where I'm at in my career. We we have resequenced uh, a couple REM records and have gone through. Oh, I don't know if you ever heard that, but gone through song by song each of our versions of yes. of some REM records that we felt needed to be resequenced a, re, a little bit. And <laughs> You're it, being very kind. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it was. It's so fun, it, and we you drive around re-listening to yeah, the album. Yeah, I would do that. I would I would blast it. I wouldn't drive around because I was in my house. Although you know, I guess you I could drive a house. But really, <laughs> yeah. But you just blasting it and going like, does this segue work? Yeah. Like we we would have a lot of fun with that. And Adam, by the way, gets very mad at me for uh, ever trying to resequence it. He would call me ridiculous. But the one I think that you thought was really interesting was on Up. Starting, I thought the 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 record should start with uh, what's the one that's credited to uh, oh, songwriting? Leonard Cohen. Yes, yeah, yeah, the Leonard. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Hope. <clears throat> Hope. I, I still think of it as Suzanne. Right. Um, <laughs> you no, know, Up was Up was a that was basically a fuck you to the world. Um, it, it, was, it was my idea to put Airport Man on there first, and everybody's uh-huh. like, "Are you nuts?" And I said, "Yes, I'm nuts." <laughs> this is because you know the band was had undergone the most radical change you know it could it could undergo. We lost our drummer, and you know not not lost, but he decided to remove himself from the band. And we were like, okay, well, nothing matters now. Nothing matters. We're, we're making, there's one song and with drums, maybe two songs with actual drums. The rest is machines. Who gives a damn how, what we do with this? So I'm like, okay, you know what? At this point, it's like we're just going to make it as difficult for the fans as possible. <laughs> we're going to put the most obnoxious song we've ever made, and we're going to put instrumental, it first. Yeah. Yeah. instrument, you know, pretty much. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, right. There's only like one vocal line. Yeah, in it. and uh, and it was like, okay, if you you like the band, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to prove it because right. <laughs> here it comes. Oh, I remember the moment listening to Up for the first time and just being like, what the hell? Holy shit! Yeah. What the it really, hell? It really, Airport Man being first is King really like we're doing something new, everybody. Yeah, and listening listening to the 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 wrong choice of a first song can turn you off of an album sometimes. Oh, like, it did. A lot of people I, hated it. I put on. By the way, calling back one of our previous records, I've been on a Neil Young kick, and I've oh. I've listened to Harvest. I've listened to all all of his first ten albums or whatever. Yeah. So he was upset that I'd never listened to Har- Harvest all the way through. Do you have after the Gold Rush? I have them all now. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I saw you guys. Boy. I saw you guys play with him in uh, in '98 too at the at Bridge School. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, but amazing. back to Ambulance my Blues. point. <laughs> yep. I listened to the last Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young record, uh, American Dream. Uh, is it American? I can't remember the title, but whatever one, was the very last one that they put out. And man, that first song is like I was like so turned off by the record. I was like, I don't know about this. Oh, I don't. Th- I don't know what, what. And then I listened to track two. I was like, Oh, this is great. It just was that first song is such a. It's so hard to to figure out sometimes what the first one should be. You know, I mean, we knew that this was going to be 
you know, upsetting, dislike and upsetting. <laughs> yeah. But at, at that point, it was just everything was topsy turvy and everything was upside down. And, you know, we're just going to do it backwards. Kind of. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's, that, that's it's normally bold. that's a last track. That is a that is an end of the in my track. resequencing. That is the last track. And, 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 you know, rightfully so. Thank you so much. I'm right. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I don't remember what I put first. I don't remember, but it was interesting. We have a lot of fun doing it. We love, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what this show is all about is like passionate about the music and trying to like, you know. And, you know, and any artist that's going to get his knickers in a wad about that is just too full of themselves. I mean, it, it, it's, it should be fun to deconstruct a record and put it back together yeah. the way you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. What are some of your favorite records of all time? Oof. Um, the first two big star records, uh, Pet Sounds. Um, gosh, there are 19 million others. Uh, but those are the ones that are always at the top of my list. Do you remember the first time that you kind of even figured out what a record was when you were a kid and like maybe something your parents had? And I got a, like a little close and play when I was really young. And the only 45 I had was a very abused copy of Go Where You Want to Go by The Fifth Dimension, mm -hmm. the first record I ever owned. And I listened to that thing so many millions of times. Um, what was your question? Do you remember what the B-side was? I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if I ever turned it over. Really? Sure you just love the A-side so much? I that song so much that I just played it and played it and played it. That is a great song, isn't it? It really is. And I didn't know Papa John wrote that until uh, Papa John Oh, Phillips he did? Until, yeah, that's a John Phillips song. Oh, that's wow. a lot like me with the first record I bought, the Footloose single. <laughs> You know, why turn it over and play? You know, it's not even a, yeah, it's not even a Kenny Loggins song on the back. It's something else from the soundtrack. I think mine was "Party All the Time" by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that was my first. You're like, I love him in comedy. He's probably him in great. Music. <laughs> I'm not so sure now <laughs> about his comedy. Even yeah. Um, so we we uh, oh, uh, you know what? I just yeah. remembered something. I want to say it before I forget. Yep. There was another time when I. Uh, when, when some friends of mine and I, I think I told the story on the show, we, a friend of mine worked at a coffee shop on Sunset. Uh, and we did this a couple times <laughs> with a couple different places. We would all go over and put on the, um, the smocks that you wear <laughs> at this coffee shop. It was not a chain. It was, but they had these green smocks and we put them on and made a bunch of coffees, put them in the holders and went over to, um, the, where you guys were mixing Monster or recording Monster Ugh. on Sunset. What is the name Ocean of that? Ocean Way? Ocean Way. Yes. Went to Ocean Way and- Pretended and you were dropping off coffees. Pretended we were dropping coffees off. That's brilliant. Did it work? <laughs> it sort of worked. We There was this back door. I don't know how we knew this back door and it opened and we were all standing there with coffees and peeking in and I- what I remember is seeing you guys just kind of at a mixing board, just sort of, of course, not caring about the the someone knocking on the door and getting coffees, but you guys were all busy. And I remember hearing the kind of tremolo, echoey guitar from, right. what's the frequency, Kenneth? It's tremolo, isn't oh, yeah. it? Tremolo. Way, did I just call it tremolo? In, in English, it is. It we, may be. We've had a disagreement on the show of what it is. It's, it's tremolo. Tremolo, right? as far as I know. Okay, yeah. thank you. Good. But tremolo works for me. Um, I'll never say it again. It's probably the English pronunciation. <laughs> but it was months before What's Frequency Kenneth came out. So we, we were all like, what, what, what is it? What is it? What, what is this music? Like, this is crazy. And, um, yeah, yeah. And they took the coffees, but did not uh, did not invite, invite us in. Do you no. think that he's Terrible. like weird and creepy and a stalker now? Are you regretting being here? Or, yeah. <laughs> like uh, when you hear these stories? Well, I, I am sitting close to the door, so I, I feel like <laughs> that's right. You can exit it anytime. 
When I think back uh, about out of time, I mean, I was in college at the time, not to brag, but higher education. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hanging out with college girls and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the usual. Um, but uh, I think back uh, to those times, and that was really when you guys were super, super political. Uh, you were doing the Rock the Vote stuff and and Clinton, uh, you know, got elected during those years. And that was that seemed to be one of the times to me when you were either most outspoken or just like the world was paying such close attention to what you were saying that that outspokenness was amplified. Um, and politics has always been a big part of your outlook. I remember, you know, I mean, I grew up with listening to you guys. So when I would go to concerts with you or Hugh too, um, I would, you know, everyone would be huge. <laughs> Bonobos would be out there. You know that guy, Bonobos, the Bonobos, lead singer. Yeah, yeah. he'd be uh, he'd be up there like talking about uh, you know El Salvador or whatever, and I'd be like, "And you guys are larger than life." And it's just like, "Yeah, yeah." This is and and and, and I think tell, he'd tell Fedge to play the blues. <laughs> to play the blues. And I, but it, it would inform a lot of you know my political views. Uh, hearing you know you guys and other and bands of your ilk talking about politics, um, is that something that? Oh boy. Do I have a question or am I just <laughs> saying something? I just um, saw that address this occur to you. Yeah, that I have no idea what the second half. By the way, if that's the first half, we are in trouble. <laughs> um, but do you do you do you have is that something uh that you ever felt like was going to be an issue with the band? Were, did you, were you ever afraid of turning people off, or was it? Did you think that you had a responsibility with a platform the, like what you guys had? Woo! Got through it. Yes. Good one. Good Excellent. one. <laughs> nice, nice second half. Um, <laughs> now, I, I don't know about responsibility. It was just something we cared about. I mean, you know, young people—they all get—they all get all caught up and 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 agitated and swept up and annoyed and angry, and it's a great thing. And we were pissed off. There was a lot of there were a lot of things going on we didn't like, and we felt were detrimental to ourselves and to other human beings. And um, you know, and we had a platform, and we used it. And I feel good about that. People, you know, now on Twitter and even or other things we did the Vote for Change tour and all that stuff. People were like, oh, shut up and sing. It's like, well, why don't you go away? Because people still. Say Still that. say that, yeah. Yeah. How when you, we saw you two at Madison Square Garden on this last yeah. tour, people right behind in New York in yeah. Madison Square Garden, they're saying "shut up" and yeah. so, and it's like, have you not heard of this band before? Well, and and people's you know people say rock stars and musicians shouldn't talk about politics. Well, who should? You know, yeah. why? Yeah. Should, I think only yeah, politicians. That's every, how I feel. Exactly, which gets us where we are today. <laughs> so no, I think everyone should talk about politics and everyone should care about politics. And and as a band, if you have a platform and you want to, and the you know and. Damn it, young people should be progressive. Young people yeah. shouldn't be regressive and conservative. They, they, young people they should, should want things to change. They're the ones the world gonna, sucks when you're young. The world is going to change from young people's activism. It's the only way it's going to change. And so, therefore, you know, we were young people and, and we wanted to rally as many young people as we could to care about the process and make a difference. Well, it worked because, like Scott, I also I even became a vegetarian for like two months after I heard Michael was a was a vegetarian. I never went that far, but <laughs> his farts were so stinky. <laughs> it did not it did not last long. Uh, get up, get into it, get involved, as James Brown said. Um, so oh, speaking <laughs> speaking of politics, though, something happened recently. I saw on Twitter with uh, uh, Trump in the meme. 
team, like with using everybody hurts in and and using it like to yeah. slam Democrats. Kids. Well, some other guy did it. Some guy who does a lot of dumbass memes put one out there and Trump retweeted it. Ugh. And he used too much of. I mean, it's 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 deep weeds when you talk about what's fair use and what isn't. But he used too much of everybody hurts. Right. You know, you can use a snippet of it here and there, I guess, and get away with it. But he used too much of it, and. We, you know, through ourselves in the record company, we were able to get Twitter to take Trump's retweet down, which was oh, that's awesome. That's, that's very I, satisfying. I, I, I didn't hear about this. Oh yeah, it was it was a really annoying because what the guy did, he played everybody hurts over like Schumer crying or something, well, or, was, or Democrats sitting there. It was the there. Democrats at the State of the Union, right? And you know, sitting there not not enjoying know, it, not being happy about it, which they shouldn't because the devil himself is on this, you know, at the podium, and um, and then he showed for some reason it was all Democrats and Mitt Romney. And it was this weird, oh yeah, they weird hate amalgam. Mitt Romney now. Yeah, they really do. So, and 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 it was just, it was really stupid. It was just, you know, the bad use of our song. And and uh, and when Trump, we tweeted it. We said, "That's it, you're done." I That's hate it awesome. when like politicians use your songs. I hate it. No, do you hate it when politicians use your songs to like walk out on stage? You know, like politicians that you don't agree with. Are, are oh, you ever yeah. just like, this is not what our music is about? It's uh, you know, it's 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 very it's obviously you know deaf, tone deaf, and ham handed, and, and really stupid. When you you know, had, I guess was it, it was Reagan or Bush that was playing "Born in the USA"? Yeah, and, and like that is not. A, a patriotic rally kind of song, but they don't know that because they only hear the one line. Born in the USA, ooh, that must be must be good. So it's a yeah, protest it's, song. It's a protest song, of course <laughs> it is, and so is you know into the world in its own way. And but but they, people don't think they just want something that connects them with the audience. Did Donald Trump use "End of the World as We Know"? So, yes. Someone did recently. He did at a at early on at one of his rallies. Do you put a cease and desist on that? Do you like well, call we up can't, someone? We can't stop them because a lot of the venues with the venue, the venues will draw will will buy a blanket license from the, right. from the publishing company and therefore people they can, can play in, whatever they song, can play whatever they, song they, they right. want. We can't legally stop them. We can we, we can make our feelings known and we do as mm -hmm. does every other artist but you can't legally stop somebody from doing that. I loved the statement Michael released uh uh, when, when that happened, I remember it. I don't remember what it said, but it said something the moronic like, charade. Yeah, he said, <laughs> "Fuck you, stop playing our fucking song or whatever it was." It was like, "Yeah, don't make us part of your moronic charade." Yeah, right, yeah. let's tell these people, <laughs> tell Donald Trump to fuck off more right. often. Exactly. One last uh, question about politics before we move on. Some people call Donald Trump the commander in chief, but I think he's more like the tweeter in chief. Don't you think so? No. Oh, I, I think it's it's hard. Is that too harsh? Is no, that too well? He put fifty tweets out last weekend alone. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. You know how can any man spend that much time on the toilet? Is what I want to know. But I guess he does. <laughs> Tweet well, storm alert. Speaking of spending time on the toilet, we need to take another break. So it's <laughs> time for everyone to to uh, 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 drop a, a whiz if you if you got one. Uh, we are going to be right back with more Mike Mills. This is Are You Talking REM Remy. Uh -huh. Welcome back. Are you talking R.E.M. Emery me? Adam Scott. Talking with, safe to say, our good friend, Mike Mills. Absolutely. Yes. Best friends. Uh, Adam's had several encounters with him. <laughs> That's <laughs> the right. The candy boy himself. That's right. He ever toffee. deliver any uh, taffy to you? Um, toffee, not taffy. Toffee. He's delivered toffee. Yes. Very good. Always, always delivering toffee. Um, you said uh, d during the break, you said that you wanted to talk about something that you're about to do tonight. Well, it's, it's just funny. I, I think um, I, I after we finish our, our fun time here, we, I'm going to go get a bite to eat. And then I'm going to the sleep center 
to do a sleep study because I'm not getting enough REM sleep. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. Yeah. Is this like I think UCLA or no? It's just some. Okay. So you go and you have your night sleep at this place. Night sleeping. Whoa. Right. You're all wired up to electrodes and they and they see how often if you have apnea, you see how how often you wake up, and then they decide if you're. Uh, eligible for one of those face clinging things from yes. Alien. Yeah, you get yeah. that on your face. I'm not excited about that, but you, yeah. if you need it, you need it though. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's I, 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 I know someone who needed it and did not use it, and, and you, you got to use it. So it's not yeah. no point in paying for it if you're not going to. Yeah. So what, what drew you to? Are you just tired and you're thinking you're not getting the right kind of sleep, or what's happening? Yes, that's. I think that I'm not waking up as refreshed as I should. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I know that I have woken myself up in the middle of the night by, you know, snorting or snoring or whatever uh-huh. sort of ugly noise our faces make at night. And um, so I just want to go see if, if I can make it better. Yeah. My friend got this and and found out he was waking himself up every 45 seconds. That's wow. that's what I'm afraid of. And yeah. you don't you don't really wake all the way up. You just yeah. you just channel up out of the good part of sleep and then you go back down, you're up and right. down. It's not good. What I like to do when I sleep is uh, I I go to bed. I shut all the uh, what do you call them? The blinds and lights, 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 yes. <laughs> those all things. those. This is about four p.m. And the type of sleep I like is I like to just be out and I don't even remember any dreams. I just wake up the next day at like approximately eleven a.m. or so, and Perfect. just out. Yeah. And that's that's what I like to do. And that's that's what I wish for you to it's, have. That's it's, what I'm shooting for. It's really nice when you get your your full fifteen hours of sleep. <laughs> That takes me a week. Yeah, I know. Oh. Well, good. the amount of sleep we should be getting is uh, wh- what are you supposed to get at, at this advanced age? We're all we're all. I in? mean, everyone said uh, there's there's a person I'll tell you who it is, uh, a very famous person who told who told me something unbelievable, which is that he gets eleven hours every night. And I was like, how do you function outside of sleep? Like in the real world, 11 every, and I was like, every single night? Do you believe them? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, this person wouldn't have reason to lie to me, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't know, uh, I don't know them. Yeah, well, that's, but, um, that, that would be great. I would love that. That's yeah, really weird. it's very weird. But I mean, they say like nine is, is eight, eight, or nine. eight or nine is yeah. great. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. I know. Yeah, had uh, uh, three last night. Ooh. Life is working out great for me. That's nice. That's a good. That's a good solid number. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get to the period where uh, uh, Bill leaves the band. Uh, this is the the later, and we've danced around it a little bit with Up uh, and with the the final two records. Um, what are just general impressions of of that period of the band for you? Is it is it still fun? Is it? Uh, I know. I know. It's very kind of heart-wrenching to have, uh, you know, this great guy leave leave the band and you don't know what you're going to do. But but that's sort of what it's painted at from the outside for us. Is it still fun, though, being in a giant rock band? Um, yes and yes. The answer is yes. But uh, there was there were a lot of uh, questions that had to be answered at that point. It's, it's like everything – the world, as you know, it is no longer – Extant. Everything's it's the changed. end of Everything the changed. world. It's the end as... of the world as we knew it, <laughs> and we had to feel, figure out how we felt. So, uh, like Michael said, is a three-legged dog still a dog? Yes, it is. It just has to learn how to run differently. And I don't th- see. I disagree. Oh, you I disagree? think it's I think not a dog. Three-legged dogs should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you weren't in charge of our career at that point. Um, I just mean dogs. Oh, I don't mean dog. I don't mean metaphors okay. of dogs. <laughs> um, so. Uh, 
we we thought about breaking up a lot, and and Bill said, "No, you guys, if you guys are going to break up, I can't quit the band because I'm not going to be the guy that broke up." Ari, did you ever call him on that and said, "Okay, fine, yeah, uh, <laughs> don't we, quit." We thought about it. But <laughs> Get back here, you, Bill. You don't want some guy there who doesn't want to be there. That's no good. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a tough time. We made this really weird record with with very little drumming on it, and. Uh, you know, it was kind of just to just to throw nothing. All the rules were gone at that point. That's, I think we put the, we, I think we put some lyrics on that record for the first time ever, and uh, you know, oh yeah, print, you printed, printed the, the lyrics. lyrics. Printed yes. lyrics. Yeah. yeah, so all the rules that we known them no longer existed, which is why we put Airport Man first and put some yeah. lyrics uh-huh. on the record and this all of that stuff. You're basically just, trying to say we're REM and we don't know what we're doing exactly. anymore. <laughs> we're totally reinventing, and right. and therefore you have to make up a whole new set of rules or or just decide to go on without rules at all. Did you ever think, should we change the name? No. 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 That was that was never. Branding. That's smart. Well, a record company wouldn't have been real happy about it either. So. <laughs> when looking back on that period of back time. Back to cans of piss. <laughs> <laughs> Slow hey, bank. By the we, way. We have an idea for the next record, guys. <laughs> We've decided, Bill quit the band. We wanted to go back to our first love. Yeah, so cans of piss is who we are. I remember in in the around the monster period, Peter saying, you know, we're we're like a big band now. If we re- and Our contract is so good. If we really wanted to, we could put put out a record with a, bi- a picture of a big hairy penis on the cover and they would they would have to put it out. <laughs> that sounds good to us. Like, to me. You guys should do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Cans of penis. <laughs> um, how, how often did, did Bill come back and see you guys? Was he still in communication with you? Yeah, yeah. We were still friends. I mean, uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't gone. He was just out of the band. He, I think the first time was... Uh, a couple of tours later, he came up to North Carolina and got on stage for a few songs, and, and he's done a few things with us since then. He's, yeah, we saw you guys. The Portland thing, yeah. He That's played right. with you up in That's Portland, right. which was amazing. Which was very cool. How was that uh, that particular concert for you guys? It was the three of you with various guest singers, and then, of course, you singing uh, the songs that you sang. How Did it feel great? It's it's yes it's great I mean it's funny how how the the nuances from one musician to the next I mean we played uh, one of the songs I can't remember which one it was but we played it with a different drummer and it it was fine but it just wasn't mm. right and then Bill got on it and played it and it was oh well that's how it's supposed to sound it's yeah. just it was very strange like there was uh, just in in terms of those things there was a song where Bill played bass on it and I tried to later play bass on that song and I it just didn't sound good didn't sound right because yeah. I play it differently than Bill and it just it wasn't right it's not about the notes it's how you play the notes exactly i remember one embarrassing thing i used to do in high school is is get people to listen to you are the everything and tell them they need to listen to the baseline and you are the everything and I just that's be like, the one. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, right. and I but would he be used like, to you say, have to listen to this guy, Mike Mills. He's like one of the. Like, he plays he's the like best. Paul, what did you say? He's I, the. He's a modern. I would say he's like the Paul McCartney of of right now. You listen to this baseline, and then I later find out it's actually Bill on that song. <laughs> I, I, I thank you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he used to. Hand. He used to wander around putting headphones of your music onto other people. Good. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Right? I was I was doing viral marketing for you guys in the eighties. <laughs> He's on the street team. <laughs> uh, it was exhuming McCarthy. I would make people listen to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when you look back on the period post Bill and kind of now bird's eye view years later, I, looking at how long do you feel it took you guys to really figure out how to be a band again, or or do you feel did you it? figure it out by the time you put the record out, or did it take you a few records? Or I, I think it was reveal came together pretty well. I mean, yeah. uh, like up is just this weird pastiche of, of there's some great songs on there. I like it. I mean, I like all our records, but uh, 
you know, Up is its own thing. It's it, it's a record that kind of stands by itself. And yeah. there's, there's, you know, it's another sort of bridge record, except it's not a bridge, it's an island. It's more of an island record. Um, but I think by the time we got to Reveal, we were we were working and rocking again. We had Joey Warnker on drums, and he was great. And uh, we, we, we made it in Ireland, which was really super great, a wonderful place to make a record. And, yeah. and we felt good about it. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Great. Well, it is. It is. It's it is just, cool. I agree with I'm sorry. I, it's just cool. <laughs> Do you now? Now you still perform. You still put out records. You did the the record with the Baseball Project. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've often talked talked about how um, you know your the songs that you sing on the records are some of our favorite songs, Thank and you. and they're the ones that that. Still, even even off of uh, Collapse Into Now, <clears throat> um, you know, the song that you sang is, it, it reminds me of the early party party band days. You know what I mean? Like, you just have one of those voices, and the songs that you sing are the, like, ones that you want to get up yeah. and, as you say, uh, you know, move the asses around with your bass. <laughs> some, some writer described my voice once as a sunny yelp. <laughs> and I said, man, that's great. That's sure. good. It reminds that's, me of an app. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I'll take that. It's an orange, um, orange drink, Sunny Yelp. So do you <laughs> Do you want uh, – are there plans to put out a solo record? We want you to put out a <laughs> yeah. solo record. Um, yes. Someday, yes, I will. I, someday? I, so what is I this know, dithering know, with it's the someday total thing? Total candy-ass dithering. It's what, if, what if you had a deadline, and we're willing to give you one? <laughs> I could probably use one. That would do it. You know, and just like 10 songs. That's all we're asking. Because you're a you're a songwriter, so the band ends, and where do you where do you put that? Because you you're a you're a songwriter. Yeah. Well, some of it I did. Um, the, I'll give you the capsule story. I grew up with a uh, in, in in high school with a good friend named Bobby McDuffie, Robert McDuffie, who is now a world class touring classical violinist. He tours all over the world with symphonies in America and everywhere. Came to me four years ago and said, Mike, I want you to write a... He said, I'm tired of playing music by dead white European males. He said, <laughs> write, write a half-hour concerto for violin, rock band, and string orchestra. I said, well, are you sure you're, you're talking to the right guy? And he said, yeah. So I said, all right, all right. so we did. And it's out there. It's uh, So basically, it's, it's sort of a song suite more than a true classical concerto. I'm not a classical composer, and I didn't try to be. So I wrote basically sort of six movements that are really kind of six songs, one of which is Night Swimming. And I worked with an arranger to turn it into something for violin and, and string orchestra behind the rock band. And it's, uh, it's something we do a lot, and we're trying to get a tour together for the fall, and it's, it's pretty cool. So do you go around city to city using local or? Orchestras and we, when we do the tour, we'll bring our own orchestra. But mm. when we do the one-offs and we do a lot of those, we do it with the local symphony. We just played in Fort Worth a few weeks ago with the Fort Worth Symphony, and it was amazing. and And people love it when they see it because Bobby's just such an amazing violinist and a great showman. And uh, you know, and he gets to do something without wearing a monkey suit, and he really enjoys that. Right, it's awesome. Yeah. So that's that sounds amazing. And and I think you could also do like put out one record a year of like ten songs. That you write and you sing, and uh, you know, like every on, on our label, <laughs> yeah, that's what that we're we trying. Just created just now. <laughs> the Scott 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 Records, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Isn't there uh, the Scotty Brothers Records already? We could call it SS Records. <laughs> yes. Oh, S- oh dear. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that's actually a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, just. Uh, like you, the, is is the pressure off for you, or or would the pressure be on if you put out something? You know, the, I, I'm putting pressure on myself because I haven't done it yet, and I should have, and I will. Uh, it's pretty lame that I haven't. But uh, it's not lame. We wouldn't call it lame because I, I would call it lame. 
But, okay. but I will. You know what? And, uh, maybe you guys are the impetus I need to get my we want Dude, We want to hear it. All if right. you Somet- put out a solo record, that would that would be huge. The greatest. And, and sometimes I feel like artists need to know that people want to hear the art. In order, yeah. in order to kind of get the fire, you know, like I, I feel like back in the days when I started comedy, the fact that there was a show every single night made me write a lot of comedy. You right. know what I mean? Right. You, you got to produce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and just opportunity creates such a passion in the artist to go like, well, people are going to listen. We are going to listen. Okay. We we uh, we right. we want to hear it. Within a year, I will have done it because of you guys. Yes. Oh my God. Very good. I want to hear this some incredible. Mike Mills pop songs. This is incredible. That's exciting. And we also want to sequence it, but we'll talk to you. <laughs> we'll talk to you about that. You can do it on the air. <laughs> oh, good. Y'all can help yeah. me. <laughs> just an episode where we're just listening to snippets of tracks going, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think the weirdest pairing was over the years with you guys in another band, either them opening for you or you opening for them? Ooh. Um, 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 um. There have been a few. Uh what was the, was the, was there a band from Canada called Rough Trade? Does that sound? They sounds were kind of a. Sort of, I remember the label familiar. Rough Trade. But. Yeah, I think there was a band from Canada called Rough Trade. We was it R U F F? No. Oh, okay. Fortunately, <laughs> too bad. Uh, we did that here at the the palace, the old palace. Oh uh, yeah. There, um, that was a, that was an odd pair. It was it was an MTV show with a revolving stage and uh-huh. very, very strange. Um, were they like a metal hair metal band? No, or something? they were kind of like nineties nineties uh, shoulder paddy kind of uh, okay. hair. Oh. Poking up hair, kind of okay. thing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> new wavy, <laughs> new wavy, sort of, yeah, 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 new wavy. But um, do you remember who played right before you at, like, say, Glastonbury? No, I don't. I should, mm-hmm. but I don't. It's kind of those things. There's, you're just so you're just like being led somewhere. It's like and, you yeah. have your finger in an electrical socket the whole time yeah. you're there. It's just it, everything gets wiped out. What's the most f- type? What's the most fun type of show to play? Small, small club. Uh, arenas or something in between? You know, they're all fun in different ways. Um, really, uh, there's the, 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 the massive amount of energy that comes out of 90,000 people that you can't even see them all. They're so far back is, is, is brilliant. I mean, it's, but then again, the, the super compressed energy of a small club with, with 150 maniacs is, is hard to beat as well. So I like them all. Why choose? Yeah, exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, if you have the opportunity to do them all, you should. I love uh, arena shows. I, 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 stadium shows are, are too big. And it's a stadium I don't like. No, yeah. I give you that. Now the big outdoor shows that are that are festivals like like it just depends on the festival. Slane Castle in Ireland was one of the oh, most yeah. exciting things mm, ever, and that yeah. was ninety thousand insane Irishmen, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I saw uh, the police when they reformed at Dodger Stadium, and I was I was in the back as far back as you could get, up up as high as you Ooh. could get. And I was still enjoying it, but it was, you know, the distance that's is bad. No, that's no fun. And then no. there was a guy next to me. They start playing Every Breath You Take. And he goes, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you didn't think they would play Every Breath You Take? <laughs> so they did it. <laughs> right. what, a, what, a, what a deep cut that is, man. That's great. Um, what about the favorite snacks on the road? What did you guys yeah. need to have backstage to We heard about the Corvassier. In well, the that, was, that was our tour manager. It wasn't us um, uh, at the time. Uh, um, gosh, you know, I know there's something that's it's tickling my brain, but I can't think of what it is. There was, uh, what did we like? I don't know, Mountain Dew I liked a lot. Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew. yes. Yeah. Do the Dew. Well, I go back from when it was made 
buying four hillbillies. You know, the, the right. original Mountain Dew had the, the hillbilly on there with the jug. and <laughs> right. it, Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll tickle your innards. Because <laughs> it just like, had a ton of caffeine. Tons of caffeine and sugar, and kids loved it. What about, yeah. like, cheer wine? Is that something? Nah, I don't like cherry-flavored mm. things. What's mm-hmm. cheer wine? It's like a soda, the cherry-flavored it's a cherry soda. soda. It's a soda. Uh, yeah, it's like oh, a southern okay, thing, okay, yeah. Okay. Um. um <laughs> we, I, I'm just going to say, if I had a writer, my one of my snacks backstage would be dried apricots with uh, those those sesame those sesame stick things that you can get at like Trader Joe's. I would make sure those are there. <laughs> those, yeah. Did you we, guys have uh, dried apricots at all? No, we had you know cheese, deli plates. You yeah, know, it was like I, I still to this day can't eat. I have a trouble eating lasagna. Because when you get to that mid-period of where you get no food at all, and before you can bring your own catering, there's that mid-period where the where they the just hall, bring in a sheet of provides, lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. So they give you the, the thing with the greatest common denominator, which is generally lasagna. Right. And I, to this day, I can't pizza eat. is the other one that I found that we would get a lot on tour. Yeah, is like I can still eat pizza. I can still eat pizza, but it's like. Every day, we would just take the buyout, as they call it, exactly. which take is- Take the money and go find yeah. a little Vietnamese restaurant. We had our writer on on the Comedy Bang Bang tour with me, Paul, and Lauren. We were like offered, do you want a like a bottle of wine or a six pack of beer? We were like, no, could we get like one vitamin water for me? <laughs> and and like, just cash. <laughs> yeah, it was just cat. We just yeah. wanted, and we would always like go- they would always come around. The promoter would say, okay, it's time for the buyout. We, we would start clapping and go, money, 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 money. Oh, so you get that money? If, if they the, don't have to buy you dinner, yeah. it's yeah, What is it, a union great. thing? What, 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 it's I never a contract thing. Contract. Because they, they usually have to feed you in some way when you get right. to a certain point. And they either can provide you with food or I think they're just as happy to give you the cash and let you deal with it. Right, yeah, because it's a pain in the ass for them to have to exactly. go track down food. Exactly. They would rather not. Hmm. And doesn't the writer all come out of your pay anyway for the show no it's it's well it's built into the to the thing it just depends on how good your agent is i guess right yeah and well, i have one of the best i got one vitamin water <laughs> that's incredible like living the life not just regular water but vitamin water. adam you've you this is your opportunity you've always wanted to ask i know questions it's, it's crazy there's so many embarrassing hey, things do I you have any say. go for it do you have any hot gossip before we get to that any like gossip about any other band where you're just like i hate them oh yeah <laughs> But I you don't want to say it? Well, all right. I'll probably run into them. At some yeah, point. okay. You know, that's there, all right. There are two or three that, that people go, man, they're great. I go, no, they're not. They're not, not great at all. You so, can tell us off the air. Then. Is that something <laughs> where like you're watching them going, oh, these guys can't play? Sometimes or, that happens. It, yeah. It's, it's it's, it's, it's not just that they can't play, although sometimes they can't. It's just what they do with it. It's all a question of, mm. you know, I'm saying like punk rock was great. You get terrible musicians, but it, but they're up there making this beautiful noise and, and it's great. It's all, it's, it really is, it comes, whatever's inside you is, is what you like or don't like, not, mm-hmm. the, not the musicianship. Yeah. All right, Adam, what do you got? You got these questions. Well, I, you know, I, it's just, I, there's, it's it's a it's hard to form a question about the thing is is I I remember seeing you guys for the first time uh, on MTV with one I love right that was that was my introduction it was a lot of people just when things really kind of expanded for you guys and that was one of those people and that with the Rolling Stone cover and then my brother got me the cassette of Document for Christmas that of eighty seven so I was learning to drive I was out with my mom popped the cassette in on 
that, that I just got for Christmas and crashing into I'm trying to divides. learn how to drive. And my mom's like nervous about me driving. Why is I, she letting you drive with loud music? Well, on? I pop it in and then finest works on s- starts really loud. <laughs> I had never heard anything like that before. Yeah. Like that was. So a, wait, I got to ask yeah. the first time you heard this record. Yeah. One of the most important records of your life yeah. changed the course of your life. Also a Christmas present. Yeah. You, you were dr- driving with your mom? You didn't yeah. put it on in well, your stereo at home? Well, remember when you're at that age and you look for any <laughs> excuse to, to uh, I'll drive you to the store. Uh, you know, you're, you're right. you just want to drive. Yeah. Okay. So I had my Christmas Prezi <laughs> present. Thank you. And, uh, and I was, for whatever reason, getting in the car and I was like, oh, I got to listen to this. So this song starts, it's, it sounds crazy. Um, I knew one I love, of course. And then- the vocals come in. That sounds like a new thing, too. I never heard anything like this before. And then my mom is like, this is, you have to turn this off. <laughs> this is crazy. Is that a compliment to you to yes. hear a mom absolutely. say, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My, mom, my mom did that once when I put on the Smiths, and she came in. That and normally, right. normally, like, if I put on the Smithereens, for instance, not to do two Smiths, uh, you know, bands in a row. But the Smithereens, my dad would come in and go like, hey, this is pretty good, which is not a compliment to me. I would be like, shut up, dad, you Damn know. It, you're ruining it, dad. <clears throat> but I put on the Smiths and my mom walked in and she was like, who is this guy? He cannot sing. And that was like awesome for me. So <laughs> thanks mom. Turn it up. Yeah, exactly. Well, my mom later became uh, a big fan. I actually brought her to see you guys in the around the sun tour. Did she, she love say it. the exact same thing? God, you have to turn this off. No, <laughs> turn it off. No, she, she I've loved heard that from the audience before. So <laughs> really? Not surprising. Um, so anyway, that was, and then, and then green less than a year later, I went out on election day and bought it. And that was it. These were my guys. You guys were it favorite band still are. So there are millions of me around the world. You guys, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Like you mean <laughs> so many weirdos. what you did means so much to so many people. Is that something that you wrap your head around? Is that something that because, and it's been like that for years. So is it a responsibility or is it something that like you go, wow, I really made a mark or is it something that you're like, Eh, who cares? It's 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 all of that except the who cares part. It, it is a bit of a responsibility because people do look to you or, or <clears throat> did at some time look to you for, uh, you know, a lot of bands conducted their careers a certain way because of the way we conducted ours. Um, yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, the fact that we um, we always knew what we didn't want to do more than what we did want to do. So it was easy to make decisions based on which was the thing you didn't want to do. But we always tried to you know, conduct ourselves with integrity and, and uh, you know, treat fans well, treat opening bands, treating opening bands well, something simple like that. We always made sure that the opening band got a sound check every day, every time, and most bands didn't bother with that. You know, really? We, we opened for enough people to where, you know, the motels were particularly egregious about not... <laughs> Here's the gossip. Yeah, well... They, Thank you. They, they, we played them with... A, uh, played at the Clubfoot, maybe, in Austin, tiny little stage, and they wouldn't strike their drums. They wouldn't move in. They had these big keyboards and big drums and tiny little stage, and they wouldn't move anything. Really? So we had to squeeze on, and of course, you know, half the people left right after they started playing, which was fine <laughs> with me. So not that they're, they're probably nice people. I don't know, but they were assholes at that time. So. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, just how you treat 
the people that you work with, the people you come in contact with, the people who open for you. We try to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And that's that sounds corny and cheesy, but it's no, absolutely it's, true. And, and you've and had so many employees who have worked for you for decades. Yeah. I mean, we've had Lance on. Bill uh, Heimer's Lance, on. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, these yeah. people have been with you for so long, it, it's probably because you treat them. Well, yes. I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, you, you treat people with respect and, and you know, that old golden rule thing is pretty great. And uh, and so a lot of that, you know, it's like, you know, Kurt Cobain used to say that that he 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 loved the way that we conducted our career. You know, we, we didn't – we didn't do payola. We didn't uh, take the easiest way. You know, we didn't, except for the police tour, which we did for various reasons. We we didn't do big opening act things because they're they're not good for you. They people say, oh, you'll get exposed to fifty thousand people. Yes, well, forty five thousand of them won't be there yet when you go on, and <laughs> the five thousand that are there will hate you yeah, because right. you're not the band they came to see. So yeah. you know, we just rejected all that and tried to do things in the way that felt truest to us, and 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 that made a lot of difference to a lot of people. All the way down to the fan club, I was in the fan club uh, from as early on as I as I could be, and and. Uh, and every year, it was awesome what you guys would send out. Um, and it was – I think you paid $10 to join and that was it. Then you're a, mm-hmm. in the fan club for life. You would get this just giant thing of all the – with all this really cool – like a, a vinyl 45 single, these really cool – cards and stickers and all kinds of stuff. It was it was really cool. And you didn't have to do that sort of stuff. No, but we were, you know, we were all fans as kids too. So yeah. we knew what, what meant something to people yeah. and, and f- how much fun it is to get cool stuff in the yeah. mail from the people you like. Yes. That's the thing is right now it might sound a little silly. Uh, I'm a, you know, a grown man talking about <laughs> getting- A grown ass man. Get, getting <laughs> stickers in the mail. But it meant so much- that this there was this kind of direct. So why line. don't you send stickers to our fans? I know I really should. I should send out stickers. Let's make some stickers. Okay, for let's you. send out some stickers. Well, see, tell you what, if you can find the address to uh, where we record here, mm-hmm. we will. And you send us something, we will try to send you some stickers. Does Kevin? Ha- Kevin's giving us the thumbs up on this. We will make we're, some. Are you we're going to make. Are you talking REM Remy stickers, and we'll send them out to Great. people who uh, are. I'll put one on my guitar case. Oh, oh thank oh, you! Fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of promises that uh, we want you to make, <laughs> um, you've already promised uh, us two wonderful things. You're going to make a solo record before the year is out. And uh, does that mean calendar year or uh, are we talking calendar year? Calendar year. So by December. No, no. Calendar oh, year from now. From now. Okay. Got it. So 12 months from now. Yeah. So and you've already agreed to put one of our stickers on your guitar guitar case. Right. We have something we've been talking about on the show for uh, a, a while and we have something that uh, a request. And it's not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. So we. Why do I think <laughs> it's going to be a big deal? <laughs> Here it's very, very simple. This is all we require. Okay. We need the band, R.E.M., to reunite, all four members, Mm non-negotiable. We need you to play a backyard barbecue at one of our houses. That's to be determined, all right? You can come look at both of our houses if you want. Mm -hmm. Decide what's the better way. We're not picky about that. We both have backyards that would accommodate a four-person band. That's very generous, both of you. We just need you to play two... Two-hour sets. <laughs> Simple. Sure. With different songs. You can't repeat songs. Can it be other people's songs? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. into that. Yeah, you could yeah. play, You could play. what? I Got You, Babe. Right. <laughs> Which we have. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to play that in right. the early days. We played it with Cher. Right. Did right. you really? Yeah. 
Do you know that story? I mean, no, I no, no please. Your, no, 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 please. We were doing a, like a Music Cares or one of those uh-huh. charities, and it was for Bono, was the honoree. Uh, bon- Bonobo. Bonobos, Bonobos, of course. Bonobos was the honoree. And so we were planning to do uh, I Got You, Babe. And somebody said, well, why don't we see if Cher wants to sing it? We're like, ha-ha. She, well, sure. Michael said, all right, I'll reach out to her people and see what happens. And and she said yes. Wow. So we 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 did we had the show and we did a couple of our songs and we we rehearsed it with her a little bit beforehand and she's amazing. And so we we said, okay, this song goes out to Bono. We're really glad here to be here to <laughs> to honor Bono. And you know, the audience is like, they don't know how to say his name. Yeah. And, and we, we you know, Bono's sitting there and he's kind of like, oh, <laughs> he's getting upset because he's got well, a temper on him. He knows. He's just he's just curious as to why they're calling me Bono. So <laughs> we go into that song and I I sing the you know Michael and I do the trade off on the first verse and then for the second verse Cher comes out of the wings with a microphone. And it's the first time she's done it since Sony Sony. Since Sonny died, <laughs> so, Sonny Bono, you're so, yeah, you're Sonny so, Bono died. No, it's the first time she's ever sung it since right. uh, since Sonny the died. tree so, incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> she comes out and 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 Bono just jumps four feet up in the air. It was, oh, it was wow! Really amazing. Nobody saw that one. Coming. Amazing. Yeah. Have you seen that video that's going around over the past couple of days of uh, her calling into C-SPAN or something like that? No, it's really it's really fun. It's look it up, but it's basically like the host of a C-SPAN show taking calls and. This woman calls in and and he's just asking her, "Oh, uh, uh, why were you in Washington?" She's like, "Oh, I was at a um, uh, an, an event." She's trying to be very coy about it. And he keeps pre- pressing her and asking questions, getting more and more specific. And at a certain point, he goes, "Are you Cher?" <laughs> <laughs> and and it's her. And it was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Is it that guy that John Oliver always uh, I don't shows know. clips of? I don't. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, so, so your show, it's your, yes, back, one two, your two, yeah. just two sets, two, two hour sets, two, 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 two hour, hour sets, sets uh, 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 playlists of our, of, of our, our choosing. choosing. Yeah. We choose the oh, playlist. Okay. You can have a little input in right. input into it. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, guest list. We're going to have to talk about that. I don't know how many comps do you guys get? Um, three or four. Three or four comps per yeah. per band member, or is that all together? Oh, is that how it's done? We'll, Usually, we'll t- we get three or four a piece. Yeah. A piece. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. Just, uh, yeah, Mike, can you excuse us just for a second? Yeah, yeah, hold on. Okay, so he just asked for three or four. Three or four. Each, which I if think they it, ask for four, that's 16. Exactly, and I think that's fucking bullshit. This is I bullshit. Think, I think we that, can't accommodate this. I, we don't have backyards this big. I think that Mike needs to back off. He needs to back the fuck up. He needs to back the fuck off. He, he needs to, like, check himself before something egregious happens. Yes, Akin to wrecking himself, and so we're, who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell have him? To pass. Who's? Gonna, I think you should tell him. But I think we should be polite about it. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Mike. Right, guys, hey. What, what'd you decide? What, what's the deal? No. no. Never. Oh. Fuck you. So fuck our, you. Our big comeback just went down because of the guest list. <sighs> Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it, but All right, yeah, you can each have two. How about you can that? each have two. You got compromise. I'm sorry, that's not going to get it done. Mm. Two is not three, three, not four. Three, three not four. Three. three for two of us and four for two of us. That's my final. Okay, one. that's fine. 
All right, I'm in. Right. I'm in. Good, okay. Good. okay, so we, we'll, we'll do this. Okay. We <clears throat> just spread it around the band. We hope to uh, uh, talk to every member of the band uh, on the show. Uh, and then, of course, you know, uh, do a live simulcast of, of the Backyard show uh, as well. And we'll send out a binding contract uh, for <laughs> yeah, we, each yes. of We you want to you to sign a contract. Yeah. By the way, there's no door split. I and hope that's cool. Just, <laughs> we haven't spoken about money yet, so that's interesting. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not for charity. Like, I know that a lot of times you get to together for like you know like scott mccoy's thing you know or this is not for this everything goes every yeah, dollar is, goes into for, our pocket this is for us okay for uh for okay. our enjoyment but also yeah. to line our pockets a little yes, well, bit and it's not going to be friends at this thing like we're we're charging a lot of money yeah. for this this is like really? you know yeah like two thousands of dollars yeah, per ticket enemies yeah. and so no no fee but but a good writer for us maybe with some uh with some sesame sticks with the mm-hmm. uh, yeah, dried definitely apricots. Dried apricots. Those will be there. No lasagna. No lasagna. Good. Don't worry, Garfield. <laughs> and it's a barbecue, so there will be some oh. barbecue. Oh, there will be some barbecue. Some cue. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So how does this sound? You, you're willing to spread this to the other members? Um, should I ever see them again? Yes, I will. Just take will. it back to them. That's all we're saying. Okay. Just take it to them. Right. See what they say, you know. But uh, we have an agreement, okay. I think. You, you, a non-binding agreement. In principle, it will if be you binding. Take, at take some out point, the though. non part of it, yeah. and I think that's a little more what we were trying. I think to what we have here is an official yes. We have a yes. We have it on mic, and that uh, verbal contract is just yep. as good Whew, as. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Adam, any last questions you want to ask? I mean, I, I just, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. It's, it really does mean the world, and uh, it actually, finally, after like a year and a half, it actually legitimizes our <laughs> podcast. That's what I'm afraid. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what do you guys do? You do you do you like that there are two weirdos talking about you this much, or is yes? It, no, I think it's wonderful. Thank you so yes. much. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, thank you so much. It's really uh, uh, wonderful that you would come and do this. Um, it, it means the world to us. And uh, you, you're one of the best. And please put out that record. We we really want to hear it. And uh, that's going to be it for for us on this episode. And we're going to take us out with a, a song that uh, you wrote, I believe. Uh, this is, of course, the aforementioned Night Swimming. Uh, and uh, we will see you next time. I don't know when we're going to release another episode. Never going to be as good as this one. But, uh, yeah. but hard to top. Hard, hard to, to top. top. And until then, we hope that you find what you have been looking for. Bye. Bye. Night swimming.